This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation Wrestling Network. We're back. It is time for the latest episode of Who's Next, our monthly, six-weekly bi-monthly, when, when our schedules can make it work podcast. I'm Andy Atherton, one of your co-hosts here, and I am very excited to uh, to talk about this episode. It's our last episode of the calendar year of 2023. We're going to be covering a PLE, one that I actually had the honor and pleasure of attending live, so I'm very excited to talk about that because I don't get to give a lot of live reports uh, on podcasts for wrestling very often. So uh, very looking forward to hearing uh, my co-host, uh, you know, as we kind of compare like how a viewer and an attendee uh, saw this uh, show. But who is my co-host? You all know him. He is the Mississippi at Mud Pie, Logan Croslin. Logan, good to be back talking NXT. Merry Christmas, Mr. Atherton. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. It's getting a little chilly up here in the uh, the Northeast, but... Uh, I'm very happy to get back into the uh, the mix of uh, talking about NXT. Oh yeah, me too for sure. And it, it and despite uh, the South's uh, reputation, it is very very cold uh, down here as well. So uh, probably not as cold as it is up there, but it feels uh, feels what it probably feels like to you to me down here. So <laughs> no, no, it'll warm you up a little eggnog. I think yeah. a little, a little some rum in it. A little warm. This might have to be the year I try it. So it'd be your try. If you ever make a trip to New York. Uh, at Christmas time, which I do highly recommend. Maybe when when Charlie is a little bit older, uh, you know, it, it is it, there's nothing like New York City at Christmas time. It, you know, as as if you listen to our uh, latest laugh in theater, uh, Halloween. I mean, Christmas group watch. It was me, my, myself, Logan, Sean, and Gruny, and we talked about New York City a lot. And yes, I would highly recommend. New York City is great for for a lot of things. Wrestling. Uh, you know, in the summertime, it's, it's some cool stuff, and in, and at Christmas time is probably the top thing to do in New York City. So, well, we're not here to talk about travels to to New York and what have you, and eggnog and crap. No, we are here to talk about NXT, and we are going back to where we left off on November seventh. So that NXT show opened up with Akira Tozawa facing Noam Dar for the NXT Heritage Cup. You know, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Heritage Cup, but I am starting to appreciate it more. I think, I think the more I see it, the more I may get used to it. And I may enjoy it, like maybe get a little more people into the mix a little bit, and maybe, you know, it. I know it's Noam Dar's thing, but maybe I don't know. Get start having more Heritage Cup matches, I guess, that don't feature Dar. If, if that maybe like, I don't know if they could do one an episode. But do you do you think that would help the uh, Heritage Cup format over here, Logan? Yeah, maybe if they had non-title like number one contendership Heritage Cup matches, maybe that would help. I don't know that they've ever done that before. Even in NXT UK, I think it was always for the cup, no matter what. Uh, so that could be something that they could explore for sure to have like other people, uh, you know, maybe become contenders for Noam, yeah. but not feature Noam necessarily. Yeah, change it up a little bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, so so this is a fun match. You know, Tozawa has really been, uh, you know, he's had a nice run lately. 
you know, not necessarily winning matches, but he's, he, you know, he's part of Alpha Academy now. He's got a, a more of a character these days. And, you know, the guy can still go in the ring. He may be mostly a comedy character, maybe the modern day Tajiri, so mm-hmm. to speak. Not, not not as kind of lethal as Tajiri may have been at times. Yeah. But I think he's fun. And he's 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 like like a, like a term they like to use sometimes, a serviceable hand. Mm-hmm. And not, not in a negative way. So, you know, first first round, uh, we don't, you know, a lot of back and forth, no no uh, no pinfalls or submissions. In the second round, uh, Noam Dar earned the fall by a schoolboy and a handful of tights. And then we uh, have round three. There is uh, nothing happening in that one round, really. In round four, Tazawa earns a fall by a submission with the ankle lock, uh, kind of uh, going by his, uh, his mentor, his leader, Chad Gable. Uh, round five. You know, we get, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, fun back and forths here. That includes, uh, you know, uh, Everest German uh, suplex. We get a f- f- uh, 540 in Zaguri. We get uh, the um, metaphor getting involved here. But ultimately, Noam Dar wins a pinfall, earning the third and final fall with the Nova Roller going 2-1 and retaining the NXT Heritage Cup. After the match, Oro Mensah jaws at Tozawa and Alpha Academy surrounds him. Maxine Dupree slaps him. Chad Gable hits a German suplex. Otis off the ropes with a big splash, and they all hug Tozawa. So, uh, Logan, what do you think of this uh, this Heritage Cup opener here? Yeah, I definitely thought it was a good and, and you know pretty competitive match, real, real back and forth. Uh, I thought Tozawa played his role really well here, and uh, Noam as the champ and the guy that always shines in these matches um did did really well as as well the you know the first four falls were back and forth and then that last one was uh really really back and forth really competitive and uh it kind of came down to metaphor uh finally getting enough distraction in there because they have one more person than uh the alpha academy does so they had a, a extra extra person out there to kind of ward them off and uh and finally distracted Tozawa a little little too much and Noam got the Got the win, but yeah, pretty good match. Really good match to open the open the card. All right, and so also on this night we get the Lyra Valkyria era beginning, and she our new NXT Women's Champion. She comes out, greets the crowd, puts Becky over, and then through the crowd, Zia Lee makes her way, and secure uh, Lyra tells her to make her way through, and Zia asks if she's uh, what she did to Becky last night. Lays out a security guard with a crescent kick. Then uh, Lyra holds up the title, seemingly accepts the challenge. We then, we also had got um, McFoley announcing the qualifiers for the Iron Survivor Challenge. Um, and then we get uh, a hype reel for Tyler Bate. We got Fallon Henley backstage with Briggs and Jensen talking about she's going to beat uh, Tiffany Stratton. Back, then we have uh, Chad Gable giving Tozawa a pep talk about unlocking his pen- potential. And then we get Drew Gulak. Uh, talking about his uh, his little group here, he puts Damon Kemp, Miles Bourne, and Charlie Dempsey all over as exemplifying grappling virtues. Otis thrusts a hip a bunch, and Drew gets upset about the shush, and Dil- Otis challenges G- uh, Gulak to a match later that night. And then we get referee Daryl Sharma uh, leaving Shawn Michaels' office, and Shawn tells him to use told him to use his discretion. Sure, there's a definitive winner tonight in the match between Braun Breaker and Vaughn. Wagner. So what do you think of uh, Lyra's, you know, first night here as champion? We get Zia Lee, who has been kind of nipping at the at the heels of uh, of the NXT Women's Champion be, Championship, you know, while Becky had it. And she's been kind of like, you know, taking people out. That kick has become lethal because, you know, it has, 
you know, injured a person here and there. But uh, what do you think of of uh, Zaylee emerging at NXT to uh, challenge Lara? Yeah, I, I thought this was a good little spot for her. I feel like you know they had been building to her possibly challenging Becky when she was still a champion. So um, I, it was obvious that she was going to still remain uh, with her eyes focused on the NXT Women's Championship. So uh, for her to go for the person that beat Becky uh, seems like the next next best step. Um, but I think it's a good spot for her. Um, I, I don't think she's doing much on the main roster before she kind of took took Becky out and all that. So um, definitely a good spot for her to be in because, like I said, she's not doing much on the main roster. And I thought, like, Lyra cut a pretty good promo um, and kind of announced herself as the main the main chick on, on NXT and that she's the champ. And then all the other stuff just kind of hyping up stuff that was going to happen later in mm-hmm. the night. So not too much yeah. else going on there. All right, and then our our first Iron Survivor qualifying match for the women for Deadline is Fallon Henley versus Tiffany Stratton. We have a, a fun back and forth, and we get, uh, you know, Tiffany uh, hits a spine buster. I step over Toehold, bridging back, and Fallon kicks out with a face buster, cover for two, back and forth. Stratton with a chop block, double jump, and then Tiffany Stratton wins by pinfall with the prettiest moonsault ever, qualifying for the Iron Survivor Challenge. So this this has been going on for a bit. This this feud, and they actually put something on the line here. Uh, what do you think of uh, Tiffany uh, qualifying here? I think they definitely needed, uh, as we'll kind of get into it uh, as we see the other people um, qualify for it. Uh, they definitely needed that veteran presence, the presence that's kind of been around for a while. Because uh, as we go through it, they start to add a few girls that are uh, a little less experienced in the spotlight. So. I think it was definitely good uh, to uh, add Tiffany in here because she seems she's been she's been at the top. She's uh, going to stay at the top as long as she's down there. So um, good to have her in the match for sure. All right. So then we get a Wesley interview backstage saying his head is right. His body's right. He's back on track with a whole list of things to get after. That starts with him winning his title back from Dominic Mysterio. Then Baron Corbin rolls up on him, tell him nobody cares. I uh, said, Telling him that Dragunov's going to beat the brakes out of him, but he'd be uh, happier if he did it himself. Then we get a Braun Breaker interview. He warns Von Wagner this is going to be the shortest comeback ever. Braun then makes his entrance, and we get a Dijak uh, promo asking McFoley why he put Tyler Bate in a match he cannot win. Then we get uh, Braun Breaker versus Von Wagner. We fast forward. We get a Stinger splash off the ropes, big boot, and Von is fired up. We got a fireman's carry. Braun slips out, shoves him off. We get a leg lariat, takes Braun off his feet, but he can't keep him down. To the floor, Braun hits a low blow in front of Robert Stone, and then he grabs him. Military presses him, but Vaughn saves his buddy. Breaker then plants him with a spear back in the ring, and Braun wins by pinfall with a spear. In the post-match, Robert Stone attacks Braun with a steel chair. Wagner then catches Breaker before he can do much to Robert and powerbombs him through the announce desk. Uh, Stone is fired up for Von finishing him, and they hug. So this was short, but it was it was as as Jr. would say, it was a slobber knocker. These guys kind of were beating the crap at each other. You know, Braun may have won the battle, but I guess would you say Wagner wins the war here in this by ending it by putting him through a table? Yeah, I mean, it ends up being not much about the match and more about what happens after because Wagner gets him gets over on him and hits the hits the power bomb through the table and the fans go crazy and him and you know Stone kind of embrace at the end and they're happy for each other. Um, 
I keep expecting Wagner to win one of these matches. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to probably have another one at this point. I think this was kind of the finale because, you know, Vaughn may not have won, like you said, but he got the he got he got one over on Braun and put him through the table, which is kind of what he's been trying to do the whole time. So um, Braun wins again. I, I think I think he kind of needs to go to the main roster at this point. Yeah. I think he's he's uh, he's just kind of spinning his wheels. I mean, if he's not going to be the champ, like he needs to go on to bigger and better things. So uh, hopefully this will be kind of I mean, he, he's in a match at deadline. But other than that, hopefully he'll be up at the rumble and he'll kind of stay up. Yeah, that's my feelings. We exactly. We get a Carmel Hayes interview. He tells the whole world in an attack trick. He's worried trick is listening to all these voices, pointing fingers, and he's going to give him answers face to face because he owes him that as part of the trick mellow gang. Then we get the brawling Bruce cutting a promo. How they uh, grew up as three are tough boys because apparently they are back, I guess, in NXT for now. Um, with Sheamus, is Sheamus hurt or is he just taking time off? Uh, I I don't even know. I think he may be hurt, but I'm not a thousand percent sure. Okay. All right. So then we get a, a women's tag match with Electra Lopez and Lola Vice versus Kalani Jordan and Roxanne Perez. We uh, cut to the uh, towards the end of the match. We got Lola Vice in control. Roxanne cuts her off with a side look Russian leg sweep. She gets fired up, makes the tag to Kalani Jordan, who's cutting everybody down with elbows, cartwheel back elbow, overdrive connects, but Electra is right there to break it up. Working over a malfunction at the junction, Roxanne takes Lola to the floor. Then Kalani Jordan and Roxanne Perez win by pinfall with the Arabian press split-legged moonsault from Jordan on Electra Lopez. Then we get Ariana Grace interrupting the announcements to talk about herself, talk about how we, the fans, are the real winner. And then Carmen Petrovic cuts her off and blindsides her. I thought this was a really fun uh, women's tag match. I think Kalani Jordan has come a long way in a very short amount of time. Uh, Roxanne was good. Lola, I think, has a really big upside. Electra, I'm still not sold on her yet. But I also like that they're starting to infuse new blood uh, more on, on TV with the addition of Ariana Grace and Petrovic. And we got a few more uh, ladies, and I think we're going to have a few more on the men's side because I think a changing of the guard uh, is due. And we'll talk about that more as we go, and especially at the end of the show tonight. Um, because, uh, you know, with as, as Logan actually just mentioned about the Rumble, that's, that's a good time for debuts to happen, especially on the women's side. Um, because of the not, there's not as many on the roster, basically. Yes. But what do you think of this uh, this tag match and kind of getting, you know, Ariana Grace and Carmen Petrovic? I mean, it looks like basically we get a class kind of graduating from level up. That's what it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of people are getting kind of that call up from level up. But uh, yeah, Kalani's definitely going to be a player. Ariana Grace, I think, will be too. She has the character over for sure. Uh, and she's good in the ring, but I mean, she still has room to grow, of course. Um, but yeah, the match was fine. I mean, it was it was pretty short, but I, I think the face team showed a lot of good stuff. Um, and I feel like we wanted electric kind of when she broke away from legato to ha- kind of have her own group and be the boss but she's not really presented as like the boss of her little group but, like lola is the one that's over lola is the one that the crowd kind of likes so i think it kind of worked in the opposite way for her so uh she's still kind of just spinning her wheels and she's kind of the second second uh fiddle to somebody that's uh, a little bit more over and a little bit maybe better than she is in the ring so uh, kind of had that uh, opposite effect of maybe 
you know, putting a rookie with her. But um, yeah, they seem to be trying to kind of phase into this second or this next class of people, uh, introducing a lot of them uh, at the same time with the uh, breakout tournament and now the men's breakout tournament. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what the roster looks like maybe post post stand and deliver. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what could ultimately happen is that, you know, Electra will do, will help out Lola probably more than it will help out herself because, mm-hmm. you know, they could, they could, you know, get to the point where they, they, they really uh, feed in to Lola being the more over and have Electra turn on her and give Lola uh, a face run. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so that, that I could see that happening. Um, so now we get Joe Gacy kind of promo where he talks about his history. He, I'm, I don't know where they're going to go with this guy because, you know, no, it seems cool. like also uh, Ava is now like all of a sudden no longer Ava. You know, she's she's back to uh, whoever, you know, she was going to be before she joined the uh, the schism. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, all right. Very so, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of odd. They're, 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 I think they're just trying to figure out because I think Gacy's got some talent. Yeah. You know, I think he's good on the mic. He's gotten better in the ring. I, I think he, I think he's still, you know, they just got to find it for him, right? You know, you know, you think about guys like um, Angela Dawkins, who were, was in NXT forever. Nothing worked until, you know, they got him in the Street Profits, basically. And that's why you don't, you know, you shouldn't really give up on on some people. You know, some people are lost causes from the get-go, but <laughs> other people have have part of it. You could always work on the other part. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean, there's there's more cases of, uh, you know, being rushed to the main roster than there is like staying down. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, those people usually pan out because they they did bide their time and they did finally find something that works. So um, and I th- I think yeah. with the new management now, now that the that Vince is out of the picture, that that rushes to the main roster, we may not see many, if at all, of them anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're going to see them hold people at NXT longer and like like we're seeing now, like we, you know, if if Vince was still running, Braun would have been up a while ago. Tiffany might even be up already. Uh, Roxanne could even be up. Cora could have been up. I mean, it it, it would not be good for some. And I was saying, and the creeds would have been up like maybe a year ago, <laughs> as opposed oh, yeah. to like just now going up uh, in the last month or so. So yeah, you could definitely see the difference. Uh, all right, so then we get a uh, back from commercial. We get Dragonel cutting a promo about Carmelo Hayes is a warrior, and he, he'll look finally back on their bows. But Baron Corbin is a force, and he's looking forward to uh, you know facing him. And he says the only person who can slay the dragon is the dragon himself. We get uh, Drew Gulak versus Otis, and we get you know a, kind of a almost like a squash where we get you know Otis uh, he hits Otis with a uh, charging uppercut then Gulak goes up diving Larry connects fired up cover two but then Otis plows over him calling for it hits the caterpillar and then Otis wins with the power slam power bomb excuse me and we get Keanu James backstage chatting with Tiffany Stratton about the Iron Survivor uh, challenge and we get JC Jane getting visited by lower level members of the uh, D'Angelo family and gives given an envelope to give to Andre Chase she then starts to read it, and when it arrives to tell her uh, reading people is male, uh, Chase says that it's illegal, and she doesn't want to be involved in it anyway. And then we get, um, you know, Andre Jace calls off class for the day and is real nervous as he looks at the papers. So uh, anything to talk about with this little squash match here with uh, Drew and Otis? 
Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much going on in the match. Uh, it, you know, Gulak. You never really thought Gulak was going to win this match against the main roster superstar. So, um, good look, good little showcase for Otis and his power moves and stuff like that. Um, you know, Tiffany down talking to everybody just you know elevates her character and uh, says yeah she actually says she doesn't mind uh, Keanu as she kind of walks away. So that was that was nice to show a little heel heel heel. Um, uh, you know, companionship there and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the Chase U stuff, I, I we'll get into it as we go on. But I just I have no clue where they're going with this in the end. Yeah. So um, it it it's getting uh, grading for sure. But this is yeah. just the beginning. So it's it's you know what it's it's starting to it's starting to feel like the whole um, Brooks Jensen Keanu James. Mm-hmm. Thing that, soap opera that we had to sit through for God knows how it was that was a couple of months. Yeah, and that's, I feel like we're already we've been we've been dealing with this now for for quite some time, and it's still going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just yeah, there 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 better be some some cheese at the end of this maze. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it better be a really good payoff of some sort, so whatever it is. So we'll see, I guess. So, so we get our our first men's Iron Survivor Challenge. We got Dijak versus Tyler Bate. We get uh, fast forwarding. We get uh, you know. Uh, Tyler cutting him off, ending with a German suplex. Dijak then lands on his feet. Tyler Bate kicks out of the cyclone kill. Then we get a backbreaker rack. Tyler lands on his feet, right hands, underhooks, back body drop counters, boot up in the corner. Tyler off the second rope, and he gets caught with a feast for your eyes. And Dijak wins by pinfall, qualifying for the Iron Survivor. Uh, then we see Trick Williams arrive, and then Carmelo Hayes is in the ring on the mic. He says... He wants to cut to the chase and says that that is bigger than titles. And then we get the two of them uh, in the ring, basically kind of talking about, you know, what's going on between the two of them. And then we get Lexus King coming out, making his entrance. And he kind of the uh, basically Lexus King, his character is basically a shit stir. Right. He comes in, he just. He causes like melee, Ben Loman, and and messes everything up just so he can like kind of eke out and sneak out uh, victories. So I kind of enjoying that part of him. And then we get towards the end of the the show here. A uh, you know Melo gets frustrated. It takes a swing as Trick tries to check on him, and then he turns back to his friend and extends a hand, pulls him up, and pulls him in for a hug. And we get uh, Carmella Hayes staring angrily at the camera. So. So uh, what do you think of the Tyler Bate, Donovan Dijak match, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, I think the right guy went over, although, uh, you know, Dijak needs to have some continue to have some bigger wins here because mm-hmm. he, he needs them. I think Tyler Bates, one of those guys that, you know, wins and losses don't matter as much for him. Yeah. But uh, and then the uh, close of the show. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, Dijak definitely needed a big win. He seems to be in these kind of matches fairly often, and he hardly ever is on the good side of things. So um, it's good to see him finally get a big win and get into this uh, Iron Survivor match to possibly get a title shot. So it's good to see him still at the top of the card and uh, winning a match against Bate. And, you know, they're both really good guys in the ring, so they were never going to have a bad match. But I thought it was uh, really well done. And, you know, like you said, Bate's been around for so long and is so good in the ring that he can kind of recover from a defeat of this magnitude. But, uh, and, you know, hate, you know, they seem to, every time they do these iron survivor, these qualifying things, they usually have like a last chance match. So he'll probably get another chance down the line to get into it anyway. So, um, Dijak definitely deserved the win. And then the closing scene, like you said, 
uh, uh, Lexus King's just going to play the guy in the middle that tries to, you know, he tries to play the both sides against each other, even though, you know, they may, you know, trick and mellow or best friends and stuff like that. So they, they trust each other and believe in each other and all that. But, you know, Lexus King's going to try to play that little shit stir in the middle that uh, tries to bring them against each other without really doing anything or saying anything incriminating or anything like that. But uh, yeah, good, good little tease, you know, with the look that Mello gives the camera after the, after the hug is uh, um, definitely, definitely ominous and could lead to uh, where we see they, they go as, as we go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my only thing is that um, it's still, and it's still playing out is that, I, is it going to play out too long, right? Is, mm-hmm. is it like, I know I love long-term storytelling, but there's, yep. there's long-term and then there's dragging stuff out way too long kind of thing. Nah, I think, I think next, or uh, in two weeks in New, New Year's Eve, we'll kind of have our answer of what's going to happen uh, going forward with that one. All right. So we move on to the next week at uh, November 14th. Um, we get a recap of the tag title uh, scandal, I guess. And then we get Chase U, uh, the champions, the current champions, sorry, excuse me, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson defending against the D'Angelo family, Channing Stax Lorenzo and Tony D'Angelo. So then we uh, we uh, forward to the uh, towards the closing moments of the match. We get Tony making a blind tag in. Duke hits a slingshot German suplex on Stax and then pulling Tony to the apron, looking for the slingshot German to the floor, but Tony sidesteps. Puts him in steel steps, and then Chase takes him out, puts him uh, back in, up top, big cover, big near fall. Andre and Tony into it, spine buster from the Don sets up. The bada bing, bada boom on Andre Chase, and we get the D'Angelo family winning back their NXT Tag Team Championships. So uh, this was a this was a fun match to start off. I, I really am enjoying the, the D'Angelo family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... You know, and giving Chase U a, a title run, I, I I don't have a problem with, but the fact that it was, what, only a couple weeks they had the belts, I kind of don't understand. But um, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the opening uh, match here? Yeah, it always seemed weird that they took the belts off of Tony D and Stax. Um, it, it felt weird when it happened, and it kind of makes sense that it felt weird because they went them right back. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is all about the Chase U uh, scandal. I think when they were walking into the arena, they were getting hounded by media about what was in the envelope the previous week. So um, it was good to see Tony D and Stax get the titles back because they're really probably more capable and suited uh, as the champs at this point. So because uh, it's obvi- like the Chase U things obviously go in in a different direction. So, um, but yeah, it was a very good match to open the show as they usually put on uh, a really good opener. So mm-hmm. this one definitely held it up. All right. So then we get Lita announcing the Iron Survivor Challenge qualifying matches. Uh, Metaphor walks backstage. We see Dominic Mysterio backstage with an Art Bar shirt on, of all things. Mm-hmm. Baron, Rob- Baron Corbin rolls up to congratulate him. They talk about how much they wait- hate Wesley. Then we get the metaphor in the ring for the Supernova Sessions. We get uh, Noam Dar uh, welcomes us to his show, points out his beloved NXT Heritage Cup, and he introduces his guest, Alpha Academy. Uh, this was an interesting. Uh, the best <laughs> the best part of this was Otis hitting on Lash Legend. <laughs> um, and then Chad basically comes down to Chad says that, you know, Noam Dar doesn't have to look or go anywhere. He's got his next challenger right here, and it's going to be Otis. Uh, makes it like it's going to be Otis, but then uh, Noam Dar accepts the match for the next week, but then 
Chad Gable reveals it's going to be him. So, you know, I have really enjoyed the the back and forth between Metaphor and Alpha Academy. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this? No, yeah, I thought it was a really good segment. And, like, you know, they're building it like it's Otis at first. And then they start to go into kind of like Gable's accomplishments. And he starts freaking out and losing his mind because he's like, no, no, I don't want to face it. You know, it's going to be Otis, right? Uh, and he just freaks out. So uh, pretty good segment for sure. Um, I, I kind of like these Supernova Session uh, interviews most of the time. I won't say there's probably not a couple that uh, fall fall through the cr- – or, you know, you just – don't live up to expectations, but usually these are pretty entertaining. But yeah, Otis uh, shaking his hips at Lash Legend was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I it, it, you know, it, it, you don't see as much of that these days. I mean, it, it, it was funny, but it also bordered on a little like, uh, <laughs> you know, it was like a little, uh, like I think they're, I think they, they, they were straddling the line there between. <laughs> You know, because it's not we're not in the attitude era anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It just it kind of kind of I, I, I Otis is one of my favorite guys, and it, and to me it kind of came off a little like a little little. It started to get a little cringe, uh, but you know, yeah. I I thought I thought it was pretty funny though. I mean, yeah, it was you know, take that part of it. But so then we get uh, Last Legend versus Roxanne Perez in an Iron Survivor Challenge qualifying match. Um, we uh, head towards the. Um, Closing moments. Uh, of course, we have Jakara Jackson interfering in this match. Um, you know, uh, Lash counters with uh, the La Atlantida uh, shaking it in. Roxanne slips out, drop kick in the corner, off the ropes. She hits a suicide dive that connects back inside, diving cross body off the ropes, wheelbarrow face buster, but uh, no no victory there. Sidestep the handspring moonsault. Jakara comes back. Keanu James runs interference. And Lash plants Roxanne Perez with a big boot and wins by pinfall with a folding press, qualifying for the Iron Survivor Challenge. Now, I saw this as somewhat of an upset. And that's when I started, to, you know, because I was like, oh, maybe they're going to start putting in some of the, the new breed. And I think I think that's where uh, Lash is. I, I think she's one of the la- larger, you know, stature-wise girls on the roster. I think they need that bigger presence in there. So I, I'm not mad about it because like roxanne again another one that you know she she can afford losses at times mm-hmm. you know not just not too many losses yeah. uh so what do you what do you think of this and the uh interference here with kiana yeah it definitely definitely did come off as a uh, inter- uh as a upset for sure um <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting lash to win but like you said they kind of needed somebody with some size in that in the match so it made sense that she kind of uh, it made sense at the same time that she qualified. But yeah, this is mostly about Kiana costing her the match. Obviously, they're building towards something with them too. Uh, you know, if Kiana has one further down the line, Roxanne's probably going to do the same thing to her. Uh, so uh, you know, it, it it makes sense because they're pushing like that side. They they like Kiana and uh, Roxanne don't need to be in the Iron Survivor ch- Challenge match to kind of get a title shot because they've kind of established themselves as an upper top, upper tier part of the car or part of the women's r- division. So um, Lash definitely could use uh, use the this platform to be in this in this match at the uh, PLE. So uh, big win for Lash and hopefully she can build on this. Mm-hmm. All right, and we get several teams hanging out backstage, Hank and Tank. Uh, and Dolphin and Blade, uh, Angel and Umberto, family rolls up with their titles, basically a lot of jawing back and forth, and we get you know some shoving going on. 
Then we get some footage from the day before of Robbie Brookside and Johnny Moss going over tape with Lyra Valkyria when Lyra gets an invitation for tea from Xia Li. Then we get, uh, you know, we go over to the uh, footage of the warrior tea ceremony. Uh, basically, Xia Li, you know, gives her a garment to wear, and this is how our ancestors honored the rival before combat. Uh, they go through back and forth, and they must choose the correct tea leaves for the correct construction of their fight. Yeah, I I thought this was fine. I mean, at the end, ends up Lyra refusing to drink the teas. I means that they will, she'll have to show no remorse in their battle, and that's fine by Lyra. They bow at each other, and Lyra leaves. When we get a Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams interview, they explain accidents happened, things got hit by a squash, and Lexus King's going to get his. Um. So what would you think of this, um, you know, the tag team thing is typical NXT. You know, we get everybody yeah. in a room kind of jawing, saying, "I uh, we're the best, where you should be, we blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're doing something different and kind of, uh, you know, f- getting some focus on Zaya and her kind of culture. I, I, I really, I like that. I just thought, I, I'm not sure about how it came off. And then, you know, the continue saga of uh, Trick Mellow. So uh, what are your thoughts on this kind of uh, this backstage stuff? Yeah, like you said, this seems to be the tag team formula to kind of build the next number one contender match. They kind of just all meet in the back and fight each other. Um, but the T thing, I thought it was interesting, definitely an interesting way, like you said, to kind of show part of Zaya's culture and all that. But it did drag at points, I felt like. I felt like it went on a little bit too long. Uh, and then obviously they kind of tried to show Trick and Mello are kind of back on the same page. Uh, you know, Mello keeps slipping in little things, uh, like just that he says, like he mentions, like he took a lie detector test or something <laughs> like that. And McKenzie tries to call him out on it, but he kind of ignores it. So, um, but yeah, he, he keeps like just throwing in something a little like that, just, you know, just to kind of make you hesitate whether he actually was the attacker or not. Yeah. So and they're also doing uh, what we get next a, a bit more too is the, the women's locker room where it's setting up matches and we get you know Kiana James is crowing about costing Roxanne the match Gigi gets in her face about it Ariana Grace is doing her fake motivational deal and Gigi tells her she's gonna get her ass whipped tonight and then we get a, a Braun interview where he has no remorse for what he did to Von Ro- Wagner and Robert Stone then we get Dijak rolling up uh, saying uh, you know. What goes? They go back and forth. Whether or not Braun will be in the Iron Survivor, Dijak wants him in there because he's the one man he cannot break. Braun says him in the match. It'll it'll have him uh, begging for retribution. <laughs> Aha! See what he did there. <laughs> and we get Joe Coffey versus Trick Williams Iron Survivor qualifying match. We get towards the end with um, Coffey fights out with elbows and a headbutt. Trick gets him anyway, rock bottom. And then Gallus runs interference. Carmelo trying to even the odds, but he accidentally low bridges Trick, sets him right up for a suicide dive from the Iron Man. And then we get a German suplex, only two. All the best of the bells is countered, and Trick Williams hits the knee strike, gets the pinfall, and qualifies for the Iron Survivor Challenge. There was no way Trick was not was not going to qualify, especially oh, yeah. over your, over your boy Joe Coffey. Um, so what do you what do you think of this match? Even though uh, you know Joe's not your favorite. No, I, I thought he played a good base for Trick in this. Like, Trick is very entertaining, and 
I think he's very much improved in the ring based on, you know, six months ago, I'd even say. Um, yeah, I was but, down on, you know, I was down on Trick for a while. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I, I think he still is at the point where he needs, like, a solid base. And I think Joe can be that. I just don't think Joe is, like, super entertaining. So I think Trick can play that other part of it. Uh, so they actually match up pretty well. Uh, I thought the match was really good, and it really featured Trick and gave him a big win over a name that's been around for a long time. So um, definitely a solid match and a big, big-time victory for Trick as it qualifies him to possibly get a title shot so um good stuff trick trick reminds me a little bit of a young booker t i'm getting that vibe from him whereas mellow i get like eddie you know eddie guerrero vibes from from his style yeah yeah so definitely uh definitely think that uh yeah there's there's a lot of improvement there Mm -hmm, for sure and we get uh dragon off appearing out of nowhere surprising wesley backstage they uh lee congratulates them on winning the title Ilya talks about their rivalry, it's time off Wes says it's all water under the bridge Dragunov asks him to leave a little bit of Baron Corbin for him, Lee says he'll do what he has to do before turning down a title match and saying that he's got some other stuff to take care of, and we get the Brawling Brutes making their entrance, we get Lexus King rolling up to chat with Baron Corbin and then we get the Brawling Brutes, we get Butch and Ridge Holland taking on Out of the Mud, Bronco Nima and Lucian Price uh, we get towards uh, you know this is not a long match at all, but we get it's nice to I think it's nice to see the brutes back in NXT, uh, especially Butch. Uh, we uh, and 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 you know what we shit on a lot of people shit on um, uh, Ridge Holland. He has improved. So, uh, but we have a, we'll have quite a bit to talk about more about Ridge Holland later, uh, towards the end of the show. Um, and then we get a uh, you know a big we get a boss man slam from. Uh, Ridge on Price, then we get Dun- Pete. Uh, uh, the write-up has Pete on here. We get Butch taken back in. Lucian manhandles him, slams into Ridge. Then we get a tag to Bronco, suplex, lift dropped into a single knee gutbuster. Then we get Butch up top. Nima comes after him. He wishbones the fingers, moves off the apron, takes Scripps and Price out. Holland then uh, plants Bronco with a power bomb. The Bruce get him up, and they win by a pinfall with an elevated DDT on Bronco. Nima. Um, so what are your thoughts on the return of a of a Wesley here? Uh kind of uh talking with Dragonoff, uh, Lexus King continuing to be a shitster and this uh tag match. Um I, I thought it was good to kind of feature Wes with uh Ilya, kinda of get him in there with the NXT champion. Uh he's obviously facing Baron tonight, so uh definitely thought think that could be a good big man little man match for sure as i think both of those guys are pretty good in the ring uh uh, lately of course um and then lexus you know like you said just continuing to stir stir shit and uh doing it with the ultimate asshole that is baron corbin so um that was a good little segment with them and then the match you know like you said it wasn't very long wasn't wasn't too much to it but um a good win for the brutes i do think this could have been like a big possibility for a win for otm uh but i understand that the main roster team probably was going to win here in most cases um but it, it could have been a i think it could have been an opportunity for uh otm to possibly get a big win so uh maybe a missed opportunity there but i'm not crying about it too much so yeah i think i think otm is still yeah like green and still new that uh, i think it would have been too much of a of a upset you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like almost a fluke, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I so, yeah. So then we get, uh, uh, we get, uh, 
Joe Gacy cutting a promo from the roof where he talks about he can feel the energy of the people below him reverberating through his feet. Now nobody knows him, and he's not here to burn ships or be the biggest dog in the yard. He's right here now, unhinged. Maybe Maniac, he won't argue that. Maybe this is where it ends. Maybe this is where he lets go, but maybe not. And then he throws his phone off the roof. Don't know what the hell they're doing here. Um, then we get Ariana Grace versus... I know. <laughs> I know. We got Ariana Grace versus your beloved Gigi Dolan. We get uh, Towards the end, we got Ariana Grace smashing your head into the mat, cover for two. Then we got a rear chin lock apply. Gigi then kicks out. Kick combination, elbow, arm ringer into an STO. And then Ariana with a backslide foot on the ropes, but the referee catches her. Then Gigi hits a flash kick, and with the Cobra twist slam pins, Ariana Grace gets the victory. And then we move on to a video package for Vaughn and Robert Stone. Uh, cut to two of them having watched it. And Stone asks Wagner who wants to come over to his house for dinner. Vaughn is excited about the pasta his wife makes with the little sausages, but please easy on the asparagus. <laughs> so, uh, any thoughts on the uh, Ariana the Joe Gacy promo, which less said better at times, I think, with that, and uh, Ariana versus Gigi, and this uh, you know this story now with Robert Stone and Von Wagner with Von coming to his house. <laughs> um, I, I would have more thoughts on the Joe Gacy thing if I had any clue where they were heading. Yeah, with that, but I honestly exactly. have no idea. So, um, yeah, like you said, just leave that leave that alone, I guess. Um, the match wasn't much. It was pretty short. Um, not surprising Gigi got the win. Uh, I think Grace at this point is just going to be more character than anything. She's going to complain. She's going to play this, uh, you know, fake uh, pageant queen Miss NXT character that she's going to play and, you know, you know, act like she's everybody's friend, but not really not really be that way uh, at the same time. So I don't think she's going to get a ton of wins at this point, but I think she'll definitely uh, be built up and, uh, you know, be a good heel. Uh, and then, you know, the the uh, the thought of Vaughn going over to Robert Stone's house for uh, dinner definitely uh, has entertaining possibilities. Yeah. It's one thing. At least they they have a nice dynamic, those two. Yeah, I do, I, do, I do enjoy that. So so then we get a bunch of backstage stuff. We get Baron Corbin's shadow boxing. We get Eddie Thorpe interviewed saying about the year he's had. And he talks about the strap match with Dijak because it took a toll on him physically and mentally, and he needed time to recharge, but he's back and ready to show why he deserves a shot at the Iron Survivor. Drew Gulak and his crew show up, and Charlie Dempsey says he'll show uh, – Gulak calls him uh, delusional. Charlie Dempsey says he'll show him no quarter. Eddie said he can't be broken. Dempsey says that it's only because he's never been to ring with the likes of them. And we get Andre Chase giving an impromptu press conference in the parking lot saying he's devastated by the loss of the titles, but there's no further comment. J.C. Jane drives by and tells him to get in and get away. Then we get Baron Corbin versus Wes Lee. And we get, you know, a fun match here. We get a missile drop kick from Lee onto Baron. Baron then cuts him off near fall of his own. Fired up short arm. End of days is blocked with a bat and then connects with a backbreaker. Trading kicks and both men are down and out. Up in the corner, Enziguri sends Baron to the floor. Lee off the ropes. Dom appears and shoves Baron out of the way. And he's a Topi Kong hero for, the, for him. And we get Wes with punches to Dominic. Referee D.A. Brewer is counting. Wes makes it back in time, but Corbin is waiting. And he hits the end of days and gets the pin. Post-match, we get Ilya Dragunov running down. Hits a German suplex on Baron Corbin. Fired up. He charges in, but Baron plants it with ends of days. Holds the NXT Championship over his fallen body. Ilya gets on the mic, tells Baron he made a great mistake. And there will be consequences. He wants an NXT Championship so much. He got it. 
He'll see him at deadline. And the show closes. So uh, any thoughts on the backstage stuff? Mostly it was the, uh, you know, setting up. It looks like Eddie versus, uh, you know, Charlie Dempsey, I believe, or somebody from Gulak's crew. The following episode, we continue the Andre Chase saga. And we get a, a fun match with Baron Corbin and Wesley with we get not one, but two end of days. And you know how much I, I both of us pop for end of days because I think that's one of my favorite finishers when he because he hits it so smoothly. See, people shit on him, but man. I, I love his his two uh, main moves, but uh, what are your thoughts, Logan? Yeah, especially when he hits it on the smaller guys. Uh, like, oh yeah, like these two, it, it really snaps and really looks really good. So um, definitely all with you on that one. I think um, I actually messaged you during the where was I, I was like, did. damn, <laughs> <laughs> two yes. <laughs> um, but with Eddie, yeah, obviously he's done. Seems like he's done with that Jack. Well. Not well, well. We'll get into it, but at the at this point, it seemed like he was done with Dijak, and he was obviously moving on to something with Gulak and uh, his crew. Um, the Andre Chase stuff, just you know, more questioning and about what was in the envelope, what's going on, and um, obviously JC makes the save there. Um, and the match, the main event match was really good. Um, like I said, big little, big, really good big man, little man match uh, with these two. You know. He, Baron got to show his power and, you know, Wes got to show his speed and athleticism and all that good stuff. So um, really good match to open the show. Um, it, I think it showed that Wes can hang with kind of the upper, upper card, upper contenders. Uh, maybe once, uh, maybe once he's kind of done with this North American stuff, he could maybe go for the NXT title. So, um, but yeah, Corbin winning wasn't a shock. Um, I, as much as I think he is good enough to hang with these guys, uh, that are in the NXT title picture. I don't. I wasn't excited by the idea of him facing Ilya because I really don't think there's a chance he's going to beat him. Um, so I feel like it kind of felt like a filler PLE main event. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll get into it as we get to the, the night show. Yeah. All right. So then we get uh, we move on to the show from November 21st. We open up with Chad Gable versus Noam Dar for the NXT Heritage Cup. And we go through uh, round one with some uh, fun back and forths with no uh, pinfalls. Then we get round two. We end up having Noam Dar wins the first pinfall with the Nova Roller going up one nothing. Round three, we don't have any decisions as well as with round four. Move on to round five. Chad comes hot out of the gates, rolling Kopu Kapu kick. I don't even know what that is. Wastelock Chaos Theory. And he was the second. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a oh, move I know. I, know. I, I just don't know what it's called, right? Maybe. Yeah. So we get Chad Gable winning the second fall by pinfall with Chaos Theory, even up at 1-1. Dar then gets in a cheap shot uh, during the break between falls, and we get into round six, and we get uh, you know a charging elbow straight suplex. Dar falls up with a clothesline, cover for one. Gable then hits a brain buster, goes up top to follow. Then Norm catches him into a triangle choke, but count- Chad counters it with a deadlift powerbomb, falls into the cover for two. Trading strikes in the middle of the ring. Big back elbow from Noam Dar almost gets the win. Chad then blocks the Nova Roller, reverses into an ankle lock, slung off into the turnbuckles. The feet drop, and I, oh, sorry, the guy uh, had a, he lost his feed who wrote this, but then it goes one to one in a time limit draw in the sixth round, ensuring Noam Dar retains the NXT Heritage Cup. Immediately after Bell, Noam Dar had tapped out to the ankle lock. So, uh, you know, we could see a continuation here. But I thought. This is probably my favorite um, Heritage Cup match up to this point. What, what do you think, uh, Logan? Yeah, when Chad, when they had kind of announced that this was going to be the match, I was real excited for it because I knew Gable uh, could make it exciting. 
Um, he's just so good. He's been so good for so long. Uh, he's a guy that probably deserves to get a lot more opportunities than he does. Uh, and they've featured him a good bit though, this past year. Uh, so I will give uh, Triple H some credit on that one. Um, but yeah, this one went to a draw. We hadn't, I don't think we've seen a draw yet, or if we have, it hadn't, it's been a while. So um, you would think maybe they'll run this one back because, you know, Gable didn't beat him, but also Noam didn't beat Gable. So uh, obviously Noam retains because he it went to a draw and, you know, the champion retains in that situation. But really great match to open the show. Um, like we say every week, the opener is usually really good. And this one was uh, even higher than I think most of those usually are. So really, really good way to open the show. Yeah, that's the main difference between, you know, NXT and Raw and SmackDown. NXT and, and SmackDown, I mean, Raw and SmackDown usually open with, you know, promo or something. NXT, we we usually get a really, probably, probably one of the best matches of the night is usually the opening match. So I really do enjoy that part of it. Mm, sure. All right. So then we come back from commercial. D'Angelo family are out chatting about how tonight is all about them. And the lady associate, uh, who's becoming a more of a character here, offers a toast. And, and uh, the whole family gets to eat. And we get Carmelo Hayes hanging out. When Trick shows up, he talks about qualifying for the Iron Sparrow Challenge last week. Says tonight it's Hayes night and he'll get his dub. Melo said Trick got in. He's got to get in, but he can't sleep on Josh Briggs. William says Brooke Jensen found Henley will be at ringside. So tonight they should get the people what they want. He'll be at ringside. Carmelo turns him down and gets ahead of himself. And Williams wants him, wants him to slow down and focus on tonight. We get Zia Lee attacking Lyra Valkyria during her entrance, drops her with a kick. We get the medics checking on on Lyra to help her to the back, and then we go to break. And we get a tag match between Garza and Carrillo versus Enelfe and Blade. We end up getting towards the end, we get Garza with a crossface strikes, scoop and a slam, boots to Blade, quick tag, and we're, uh, you know, with another hot tag to Enelfe, drop kicks, crossbody, and Zaguri up top. Nobody home for the 450 splash. Humberto. Uh, rolls him through, power bombs, tags into Angel, and they hit the assisted alarm clock for the win. So, you know, we get the uh, D'Angelo family stuff, which is fine. I think, I think adding this uh, woman—I forgot her name—that uh, that they talked, by adding her to the group, I think is a nice uh, uh, addition here. We get, you know, continue on with uh, Carmelo and Trick uh, planting the seeds. We show uh, Zaya's viciousness on Lyra. And we get a you know an okay tag match. I think um, there's going to be uh, you know if you look at the SmackDown spoilers for uh, you know this Friday as of we're recording, um, I think uh, Garza and Carilla are going in a different direction uh, coming up very soon. So uh, what are your thoughts on on this part of the show? Yeah, I I, I love the uh, family dinners that uh, I do. And stacks uh, have every now and then. Uh, the write up I have pulled up calls her Adriana Rizzo. So okay. that must be her name. Um, uh, it's a good name. Like, yeah, good name. For sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I liked a little bit back and forth with Trick. Uh, you know, Carmelo makes probably makes the mistake of saying he doesn't uh, need his help and need him to be at uh, ringside. So uh, that'll probably come back to bite him, as it seems to do uh, to a lot of people in NXT when they say that. So um, and yeah, a good little attack by Zaya shows how fierce and uh, ruthless she is uh, going after the champ. So. Um, good to see that. And then the tag match, uh, a lot of speed, a lot of high flying between these two teams. I, I, I enjoyed that part of it for sure. Um, but yeah, it doesn't go super long. I, I you know, you'd never thought no fan and blade were going to win. So, uh, <laughs> but, but, but a good win for angel and Umberto at the same time. 
Yeah, Adriana Rizzo. That's second only to Mona Lisa Vitti. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> y'all got that that reference. I hope you did. Um, all right. So then we move on to uh, Larry Valkyria getting examined in the trainer's room. We get Briggs getting ready for his match. And he tells Brooks and Fallon that he's been waiting his entire life. He'll catch them later. And Carmelo makes his entrance. We go to break. And we get Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Bridge. Iron Survivor qualifying match. Move towards the uh, the end of the match here. And we get uh, Carmelo on a comeback. Big springboard elbow. Both men are down. Melo then on his knees, getting fired up, digging down, laying right hands in, whipped to the corner. The hero's off the ropes. La Mystica connects, falls with ass kick, axe kick, uh, so close. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love making Logan giggle. <laughs> and then we get uh, Briggs with a big boot. Uh, he doesn't get the uh, pinfall here. Briggs is down and out. Lexus King runs in. Carmelo drops him with a roundhouse kick. Josh then takes him down with a lariat, goes up top. And Josh Briggs wins by pinfall with a moonsault, qualifying for the Iron Survivor Challenge. Again, another upset, right? You know, would you think a, a tag guy who who I think has a, has a really big upside uh, would take down probably if you want to say Braun is like currently like the Hogan of NXT, Mello is like your your savage, right? Mm-hmm. He's like your worker, your your guy here, your your the more personality. Uh, yeah, I I found this as an upset, but I see you know at the, in in the moment you're like oh that's an upset, but then when you sit back and you think about it, yeah this makes uh, more sense and it'll be a nice showcase for Briggs. So um, what did you think of uh, this match here? Yeah, and you can kind of tell, based on the women's uh, qualifying that we've seen so far, they're obviously trying to move in a different direction, kind of feature more guys. And, you know, with the stuff that's been happening with Mello, you see that his focus may not be completely on uh, the NXT Championship. It, it It's kind of been wavered with, uh, you know, Lexus and the stuff with Trick and all that kind of stuff. So his mind's kind of clouded right now. And it's a huge opportunity for Briggs. Like like you said, I think he has a ton of potential. He's a huge guy. I think he's, you know, pretty – He's pretty. that team's pretty over with the crowd. So um, he's not going to struggle to get over with this NXT crowd. And I, I think he he's just – he has a lot of athleticism for being as big a guy as he is. Um, JBL put him over pretty huge, I think, when he named him uh, to the uh, to the qualifying match. So uh, he's a, he's got some uh, friends in high places, I guess we'll say. So, uh, but yeah, big win, and I, I was I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good. I, I want to say before this, I had read that they had had a lot of matches on the Indies, so they have a lot of chemistry and like they know each other really well. So. Um, I thought that was really cool that, that they kind of mentioned that too. So really cool stuff. All right. So we got a Lara Valkyria interview. She, uh, she says the title match is still happening. She doesn't need to be a hundred percent, but even at 10%, she's not letting Zyli walk away. We get Wesley walking backstage and we get the Von Wagner, uh, showing up uh, at, uh, Robert Stone's door carrying Tupperware of a, of half eaten cosmic brownies. We get Stone's wife and kids greeting them. Kids are all about the brownies. Vaughn is stoked that the pasta is full of sausage and no asparagus, and the kids complain about mean kids at recess. Wagner offers to take care of it, but his dad says, uh, you know, Robert Stone says no fights, except when, when mom and dad go to dessert. He tells them to write the names down. He'll take care of it. <laughs> the brownie comes out. Everybody chows down, and there we go. And we get Wesley coming out to the ring saying, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve, extremely real. That's why he's out here. He wants Don Mysterio. Dom has the North American Championship, and 
uh, Judgment Day have all the gold heading into War Games at the time. And then when he sees Ray, uh, Dom, I'm sorry, he sees Red, and not just because he's the lowest form of human with a punchable face, but he has a tile that belongs to him. Um, and then we get Dom coming in, and he says that uh, he made the title more relevant than Wes ever did. Lee fires back and says his tirade has been uh, just Judgment Day saving his ass every time. But like a cockroach, he'll continue to survive, and that's why Wes is coming for the title. And he's willing to do anything and everything to get it back. Dom is willing to give it a match for as long as he agrees. If he loses, he'll never challenge for it again, which Wes accepts. We get a video package about Chase U's scandal. Thea Hale is chatting with JC Jane. JC gives her a pep talk, says she'll have her back tonight, as always. And then we go to break. We get Briggs having a brief run with Tiffany Stratton. And then uh, Brooks and Fallon roll up. Fallon wants to know what Stratton wanted, but Josh brushes her off and says, and they go off together. All right, so... Uh, you know, we got Lyris, you know, basically playing the, you know, nothing can stop me champion. We got uh, this ongoing story with Vaughn and Robert Stone. We got Wesley coming out and uh, basically, uh, you know, giving his uh, his his story here on, on why he uh, has to go after Dominic and get his title back. And then we got a Chase U scandal video. So lots of, uh, you know, storyline stuff for a bit. Any Anything of note you want to uh, mention here? Yeah, I mean, it's good to see uh, Lyra show that fire. They say she's not backing down, you know, no matter how hurt she may be from the previous attack. Uh, good to see her uh, want to have the match no matter what. Um, Vaughn uh, at the Stones for, for dinner was uh, definitely entertaining. It, mm-hmm. I thought it was more funny that the, the Suns seemed to look a little bit more like Vaughn than they did Robert Stone. <laughs> uh, oh, my God, that would be a thing. That, that that was uh, uh very very funny uh to see that um it was it was good to see West show some fire they they definitely needed to do this Dom versus him match to you know possibly have him be the North American champion again and finally get over that hump that is uh, Dom that he can't seem to uh, shake off so um definitely a logical way to go uh, but West showed a ton of fire in his promo so it was good to see that as well. Um, more scandal stuff, just nothing, nothing really new there. Just a lot of investigation and more things kind of coming out as we go. Um, uh, and then, you know, Thea and JC kind of getting a little closer, uh, and JC seems to be going a lot more face lately. I think that's definitely an interesting, uh, way that they've gone with that. I, I definitely didn't see that coming. Um, but, uh, good to see them kind of being, still being a team and still being buddies. Um, and then, you know, with Briggs and Stratton, they kind of just are trying to plant that seed to kind of, you know, make it seem like Tiffany may be kind of interested in Josh uh, to kind of piss off Fallon a little bit more. So a uh, good little seed there. All right. And move on to uh, our next Iron Survivor Challenge qualifying match, Blair Davenport versus Thea Hale. You get Davenport with armbar early, hanging on through an arm drag, shift to a Fujiwara armbar, grinding down Thea. Blair then goes on the floor, and J.C. jaws at her enough for Thea to land a suicide dive and follow it up with a suplex on the floor. Back inside, somersault leg drop fired up, but then uh, Davenport ends up uh, hitting her and uh, catches the pinfall. Post-match, J.C. then comforts Thea. We go to break. Back from commercial, we get a video package. Baron Corbin talking about how Dragunov has a joyless life, and then Baron Corbin has money and a family and so on. Then we get Charlie Dempsey versus Eddie Thorpe. Uh, we get, you know, uh, towards the end of the match, we get a Cobra twist, wrist control, and chin lock. Eddie then fights out with a hip toss. Challenge backing Charlie into the corner. Forearms rolling soul butt into an enziguri. 
And then Dempsey, looking for an octopus hold, gets it, wrenching back on Thor's fingers. Eddie then rolls through cover, and he wins pinfall with a counter pin. Drew Gulak and Miles Bourne hit the ring and beat Thorpe down when Dempsey tries to wrench his arm out of the socket. The three of them stand tall and catch the throw the catch point handshake uh, up. So, you know, we get a not a very long match between Blair uh, and Thea. Blair, I think, is the right call to go over here. Um, we talk about, you know, more build up to the Baron Corbin and the Dragunov match, talking about how their lives are different. We get Charlie Dempsey versus Eddie Thorpe. Eddie Thorpe, uh, I'm okay on right now. I'm, I'm not that sold. I mean, I'm sure like a few months from now, I'll be like, oh, Eddie Thorpe. Uh, Charlie no Dempsey. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think I'll go that far. But no, uh, but Charlie, Charlie, see, Charlie Dempsey is interesting because I feel like at the moment, some of the bloom is off the rose. Like, I think he came out with, uh, you know, he had a lot going on for a bit. And I think now being uh, part of a, a four-man group, I don't know. It's kind of, he's kind of not he's not standing out like he like he was before i think i think you know with regal the little deal coming up i i believe what was it it was like until the end of the year regal you know the deal with letting him out of his AEW contract he could just couldn't appear on tv yeah right mm-hmm. so maybe we see regal coming in and uh being part of this uh group with his son at, in, at, in some aspect not a full-fledged on character but maybe uh an appearance i guess to kind of like uh you know give a little more rub because i mean i mean how common is it that 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 he's real son i mean you know does the average wrestling fan know this or does they not but uh what are your thoughts on the um you know some of this uh you know uh we get the blair match blair and thea match and then the charlie dempsey a thorpe match yeah, I would definitely be interested to see Regal come in and, you know, maybe be the coach from the background, but, like, get him to turn on all these guys because I think Charlie's way better than he's being presented with these guys so far. So uh, I would like to see him kind of break out and be his own guy. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see if they even use Regal uh, at all. I can't imagine they won't at some point, but hopefully they do sooner rather than later as soon as they can. Um, they just send out war games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All games. <laughs> that's true. Um, but Blair, I, I, you know, like you said, I think she was kind of the obvious pick. You know, with Thea, you know, this whole Chase U thing going on, you know, you could play that she her head was all messed up and she's been thinking more about that than she is about the match. So, um, but Blair, like a, a guy said with Tiffany earlier, a good another veteran presence to have in there. You know, whether she's a main feature or anything like that is a whole different story. But you know, at least she has she brings some veteran presence and she's been. You know, she's been wrestling for a while, so um, she uh, definitely brings the good wrestler part of that in there. Um, you know, the Dragonoff and Corbin package, uh, I think, was entertaining. Uh, I like how Corbin's been used the whole time he's been down there, and it's good to show uh, the, the rivalry and kind of how they feel about each other in these videos. Um, uh, Dempsey and Thorpe was pretty short. Um, you know, it was just a way to get Thorpe over while also... Uh, having him attacked after the match to kind of show that the group is uh, bigger than the single star. So um, not bad segments, but, uh, you know, nothing to blow away out of these few. Yeah. All right. So we get uh, back to the dinner with the Don and D'Angelo family. He receives a Tony received tribute from the various members of the family. He's happy with some envelopes. I'm happy with others. 
They leave the restaurant, get jumped by Angel and Umberto. Said next time they see them, they'll remember what they did to get them before they did to them to get uh, before driving off. Then we see Lyra getting ready backstage, head out for a match. Then we get Ariana Grace cutting a promo about how she's a real beauty queen and was attacked anously by Carmen Petrovic. And then we get our main event, Lyra Valkyria defending against Zaya Lee for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, we get Zaya hot out of the gates, choking Lyra in the corner, kicking her down on the apron as we go to break. Then we go uh, back to commercial, Zaya still in control. Uh, shift to a rear chin lock. Lyra breaks free with a cover. Then we get kicks, double palm trust, northern light suplex, block, and Lee clubs her down. Slam gets Zaya a near fall, but Lyra counters with a suplex. Standing switches back elbow from Zaya. Then we get a rolling soul butt caught, leg trap German suplex from the champion, and both women are down and out. The champion lane kicks in. Knee gets an enziguri sidestep. O'Connor roll for two. Lee gets a sleeper on her way out. Reverse to a pin. And then we get duck the kick. Lyra lands a reverse roundhouse. Fireman's carry into a Minoshu driver, driver. sorry, And that gets the win via pinfall and retains her NXT Women's Championship as she stands tall to end the show. I thought this was a fun match. I think Lyra, you know, good first challenger here with Zaya, a veteran who uh, is who really should be getting featured more, um, you know and uh, and uh, you know I like the uh, you know the continuation of the story stuff with the the Don and kind of putting Garza and Umberto as uh, kind of their obvious next challengers, and you know a nice little uh, mini feud here with Ariana Grace and Karen Petrovic starting up. So so what are your thoughts on uh, some of the storyline stuff in our main event? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's always good to see uh, Tony D and Stax in these little dinner situations where they're dealing with the rest of the their crew, uh, all, all the no-named other Italians that they hang out with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I, it was good to have Ariana featured again in, in the background, uh, you know, being herself. And uh, she's very entertaining as a character for sure so far, um, obviously pushing that thing with uh, Carmen a little bit forward. Uh, so hopefully we'll see a match between them two. Uh, before too long and uh, the main event was a really solid match uh really good back and forth like you said it was good to have maybe uh, a main roster girl as her first uh, a good veteran as her uh, first um opponent and it, it put her over really well um and you know gave her a good first solid uh title retention uh victory so uh good stuff good way to end the show all right so we move on to the show from november 28th 2023 it starts off with a world tag team title match here with Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo challenging the D'Angelo family. And we get, uh, you know, fast forward to Stax getting worked over on the apron. Garza sets up a running knee, but he sidesteps and explodes for the tag. Tony D in hot with Lariat's big back body drop, German suplex, overhead exploder into the corner. Angel Tad's back in blind. Then Stax is in, cuts him off with a drop kick. Tony pulls Humberto out of the ring, school by, and Garza kicks out. Carrillo back in, powerbomb, missile drop kick combination. Channing uh, kicks out, spinning spine buster from the Don. The match breaks down, stacks with a stomp. Then we get Garza returns a deep uh, three of his own. Channing hits him with a low low blow and tags to the Don. Then we get the pinfall with the bada bing, bada boom on Garza, and the D'Angelo family retains. Another great start to the an NXT show. Really, really enjoying the family. I think Garza and, and Carrillo, you know, they... They need, you know, character work. The in-ring is, is, I think, is pretty solid. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they 
they needed to go to NXT to work on some stuff. And I, I can't say for sure if it's working or not, but it's definitely an improvement with them. Uh, what are your thoughts on the opening match here? Yeah, they're definitely able to be featured for sure. I think that was part of the struggle. Yeah. Like, they're really good in the ring, but they're not those upper-tier tag teams. They're not going to beat your, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were the tag champions after Mania. They weren't going to beat them. They're probably not going to beat Judgment Day. Uh, they might not even have matches with those guys because there's, like, a few teams even above them at that point. So it was good to have them come back down here at this point. Obviously, like you said, with some spoilers coming out uh, in the last few days, uh, it seems like they might be headed back up and involved in a, in a, in a group of some sort. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, but, yeah, good win for Tony D and Stax. Uh, they, they just continue to rack up good wins. This was, like like always, really good match to open the show. So um, good to see them get a win. I'm very interested to see where they go from here because – uh, as much as I think we've enjoyed the tag teams over the last few years, there's not really many for them to go up against, especially if Garza and Korea go back up. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure they'll probably build up some new ones uh, coming out soon. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah, I just I, I'm one of those old school guys. Like I like my tag teams to have names. Yeah, like the tag, you know, like I'm I, like as much as we crap on an old fan blade, they they need a name, right? Yeah. You know, Carrillo and and Garza, they need a name. Like that's for me. Like that's when I got into wrestling was was the height yeah. of like you know WrestleMania two. That's when I got into it. It was like you know you had the Bulldogs, the Killer Bees, and this, the, that, the other thing. It's like even you know makeshift teams. And then we start getting into all these like you know Edge and Christian is probably the one exception of like not having a team name that I'm I'm for. But I I don't know. I think I just think you need to uh, kind of give your your tag division their own identity. And not make it seem like these are just guys like tagging together. That you know, these are a team. These are they're you know they got matching you know uh, tights and everything like that. So I don't know. I just I like I like my teams and my factions to have names. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely get it. <laughs> yeah. So then we get uh, footage from earlier in the day with Axiom and Nathan Frazier talking about the Corbin Dragonoff match when Ilya rolls up and at task if he's saying what he's doing isn't working, his son shouldn't be inspired by a sacrifice. Things get heated. That leads to something going on later. And we get Jerry King Lawler setting up this week's Iron Survivor matches. And we get um, back. Uh, we get a Johnny Gargano hype reel. And we get Brooks Jensen and Found Henley hyping up Josh Briggs over his win in the Iron Survivor qualifier the week before. Lexus King rolls up to take some credit for it. But, uh, you know, Josh knocked it out of the park. Lexus claims he's calling it like he sees it, but Briggs calls him a parasite and sets up a match between King and Jensen. Then we're informed that Nikita Lyons is almost healed up, and she's shown in the crowd to hammer home the point to uh, to Logan's, uh, you know, beating heart there. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's Schiff's girl. That's not mine. That's not your? Okay. No, uh, no, so, no, I mean, I like her, but Schiff is the big Nikita fan. She's so. the Nikita. Okay, there we go. Shout out to our buddy Scott Schiff. Uh, then we get our next Iron Survivor qualifying women's match, which is Kalani Jordan versus Kiana James. We move forward towards the uh, closing moments here. Kalani lays her out with a kip up, standing somersault leg drop, gets a near fall. Kiana with a spine buster again, just near fall, trading forearms in the middle of the ring, up top and jockeying for position. Kiana in control, but Roxanne rings the timekeeper's bell in an act of blatant shenanigans. And we got Kalani with a kick up top, and then she hits the pinfall with her split legged moonsault, qualifying for the Iron Survivor Challenge. So we get some, you know, backstage uh, stuff here, and we get uh, 
You know, I thought it was a decent little match between Kalani Jordan and Kiana James. And Kalani, I said, like I said earlier, she's really come a long way. And I think Kiana is starting to uh, show uh, quite a bit of improvement. I think her presentation has gotten better. I think her her choice of tights, I think the light colored tights actually accent her uh, better than the, the dark one. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm really, I, I think she's putting it together in the ring a little bit more, too. Uh, and I'm kind of enjoying this this feud that uh you know kiana and roxanne have so what do you think of the some of the backstage stuff in the match yeah the the idea of uh frazier and uh dragon off possibly going at each other uh, had me really excited so uh definitely was excited by that one um you know th- they're gonna have the uh former north american champions all, all go at each other later tonight so i think they each get like a little hype package but mm-hmm. seeing jo- johnny back in uh nxt if just for one night uh seems like an exciting thought um you know briggs and lexus king and all, all that going on um obviously just setting up the match with uh jensen and king later so uh we'll be interested to see how that one goes um like you said uh shifts girl nikita is uh seems to be almost back so I'm definitely excited to see that because uh, I think she was kind of catching on uh, when she when she got hurt, but uh, we'll see how she kind of does when she comes back. And then the uh, qualifier match I thought was uh, really good. Like you said, I think both girls have really improved. Uh, they both look really good. They kind of had some good chemistry throughout this one. Um, like I said earlier, uh, you know, Kiana doesn't necessarily need to be in this Iron Survivor match to get a title shot uh, and obviously her and Perez have the thing going going on so it wasn't a shock that uh Kalani won so good good big win for her earlier in her, her career to qualify for this big match yes yeah. so then we get uh Alpha Academy backstage cutting a promo about how Noam Dar tapped out and how they want to be up the metaphor and they're going to prove that they don't have the stamina speed style or spirit to beat them so they want to mix trios match next week then we get NXT anonymous footage of Lexus King hanging out the night Trick Williams was attacked and observing him, following after him. Then we get footage of a Chase U press conference. Um, and then Andre basically addresses the news of Chase U being under investigation. And he's limited in what he can say. Investigation reveals suspicious illegal activity, including gambling and the misuse of school funds. He admits it's all true, and the school is in severe debt, and he'll work arduously to pay the debt off and restore Chase U to his position. Asked how much he owes, he dodges the question, refuses to discuss specific gambling activities, and publicly apologizes to the student by for being irresponsible and takes his leave. So we get, you know, before we move on to the next match, we'll kind of just go over this. Uh, so we got we got fun set up for the next week with, uh, you know, a, a mixed trios match, which we knew was coming at some point. We got uh, more in the Lexus King, you know, Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes saga, and whatever, wherever they're going with this whole chase, you think. I have no clue, but it's entertaining. I didn't think it was going to go in that direction. I, I didn't think that Andre Chase was going to become a, a degenerate gambler. So... <laughs> Um, so what are your thoughts on this stuff here? Yeah, is, isn't uh, Duke supposed to be the poker player? Yeah, he was he, the he, poker player. That's right. Uh, isn't he supposed to be the one that uh, probably pisses away the money or whatever? It's, it's but, yeah. a chase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just definitely very strange. Uh, and, and it seems to be somewhat connected with the D'Angelo family. So uh, I guess I'll be interested to see where maybe that connection <laughs> comes in. Because, you know, the girl uh, had delivered the, the, the notice or the letter that showed how much money they owed or whatever. So, but yeah, I was excited to 
the at the idea of the Alpha Academy metaphor uh, six six person match. So uh, definitely excited for that one. And then you know they showed the little video of Lexus seeming to follow uh, Trick the night he got attacked. So seems like he's seems seems like he's the guy that attacked him. But uh, you know we'll see as that goes forward as well. All right. So we're on to our next men's Iron Survivor Challenge qualifying match: Braun Breaker versus Eddie Thorpe. We fast forward to the towards the closing moments here. We get a cross body from Eddie, hurting him but feeling it. Braun then cuts him off with a suplex, hammer whip. Eddie collapses back on his feet. German suplex attempt, back elbow, slip out of a fireman's carry off the ropes, and the German suplex connects. Staggered, stumbling. Braun nails him with the spear, and then Braun wins by a pinfall with the spear, qualifying for the Iron Survivor Challenge. Backstage, Trick is angry, and Mello rolls up to join him in talking trash on Lexus King for attacking Trick and costing Mello his match last week. Hayes wants uh, to attack him during his match tonight, but Trick wants to play it smart. And since he has Iron Survivor coming up, he has to keep his eye on the prize. Hayes says he doesn't have his, a prize to have his eyes on. Trick says that they don't need to attack people from any, any behind any t- anymore because they're past that. Mello questions it for a moment before agreeing with him when they shake hands, agreeing that Lexus will get his. So, uh, you know, I thought this Eddie Braun match was was pretty good. I, I honestly, going in, I kind of didn't think Braun was going to win this. Uh, now, whether Eddie was going to win by pinfall or submission, that was another story. Like, I thought maybe Braun could get himself disqualified or counted out because, you know, we don't know where they're going. You know, you had Dijak and you had Josh Briggs, you know, an expected and unexpected qualify so far. So, and like we, like you mentioned earlier, like what else is there for Braun to do? So at seeing him qualify, you know, I, 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 I didn't see, I didn't necessarily see, see it coming. Like, like, you know, last year you'd think, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Braun's going to qualify even going to the match. But, you know, I thought maybe they were going to maybe put Eddie into it. As we'll see, though, Eddie does make his presence felt during the Iron Survivor match. And then we continue on more with the trick, Carmelo and Lexus King. So what are your thoughts on the match and the uh, storyline stuff after? Yeah, Braun was kind of a surprise, but at the same time, you know, Eddie was kind of selling the ribs uh, from the attack the previous week. So that kind of is like a red herring. If that happens and it's like a vicious badass heel uh, facing him, he's going to go after the he's going to go after the injury and kind of take advantage of it. Uh, so it, it was surprising, but not surprising at the same time. It would have made sense if Eddie qualified because he's got the thing with Jack that's been going on for a while. Uh, so having them both in the match to where they could fight each other would would have made sense. Um, but m- maybe this is kind of a last two raw for Braun. He has one more big match and uh, says bye bye. But w- w- obviously we'll see uh, if if that's the case going forward. But um, uh, yeah, maybe this is just one last thing for uh, him to him to do because it wasn't in the one last year because he was still a champion. So uh, it's just another thing to say that he's done throughout his career. So. Um, and you know the trick, trick and Carmelo seem to think or seem to agree that Lexus was obviously the one that attacked him, attacked uh, Trick. So they seem to be past the idea that it could have been anybody else. So uh, that they're back on the same page, it seems. All right. So we get Roxanne Perez rolling up in a locker room with Ava Rain, who feels like she was um, what's the word for? She was a uh, like deprogrammed. From from her <laughs> from being in a cult basically, because <laughs> all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, I'm Ava. Hi, how are you?" Kind of thing. Not like, 
uh, the schism, the dyad, da, 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 you know. <laughs> and says, she says, uh, she points out there will be a last chance Iron Savar qualifying match next week with the four people who lost. And somebody points out that Kiana James would be in it, and the brawl breaks out. And we get a hype reel, like you said, for the former NXT champion, North American champions, and this one's from Bronson Reed. Then we get uh, Dragunov versus Nathan Frazier. We, uh, you know, fast forward a bit to drop kick to the to the leg, puts the mad dragon on his back for two. We get Inziguri from the apron, springboard drop kick follows. Then we get uh, inverted DDT, another near fall. Frazier up top, Phoenix Splash, nobody home. We get Inziguri from Ilya, release power bomb, H bomb, but he peels off the cover to make an example of him. A second H bomb connects, Dragonoff fires up, and he wins by a pinfall with a third H bomb. Post-match, Ilya helps Nathan up, but Baron Corbin gets on the Tron. He says he can make this all warm and fuzzy, but points out that Dragunov beat the hell out of a man. He calls his friend because he said Baron has a better life. The whole reason to be here is the title, and Baron is going to take that from him and leaves him with nothing. Then we get Lyra Valkyria interviewed backstage, talks about the Iron Survivor field, and puts them over, and in turn, when Found Henley rolls up, says she's going to win and challenges Lyra for the title. Valkyria says... Uh, she never doubts her talent, and a creepy lady peers in from a curtain to say stuff uh, something will happen, which turned out to be Tatum Paxley. If Fallon wins, uh, they, they um, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, um, so I thought the Frazier Dragonoff match was a lot of fun. I do like that they set up the uh, second chance qualifier, and uh, you know, Lyra. You know, Fallon interaction was fine. I think Fallon uh, is really in, starts to need some some wins to uh, start build herself up. And yes. and Tam Paxley has been uh, improving, you know, both in ring and now in a character. So uh, I think she's one of the you know next people that's kind of moving up. Uh, I guess from from you know there's like different stages of being in NXT. You got level up, you got jobber, and now you got you know kind of like you know person you know your next uh, you know your your mid card nxt and then your main event nxt so i think tanner paxley starting to move up from the from the job role because she has probably more losses than wins up to this point so uh what are your thoughts on the uh the Ilya nathan frazier match and uh and the uh, stuff that happened after um g- going back to the thing that happened before roxanne obviously getting another chance in that last chance match is a, a exciting uh, prospect and yeah, you, like you said, Ava uh, obviously has uh, been in some recovery program to deprogram <laughs> her from the the cult that she was previously in. So, um, but yeah, you know, while also getting to have the chance to qualify for the Iron Survivor, she gets to uh, Roxanne gets to get her hands on Kiana at the same time. Um, like you said, they showed the Bronson package, so it was exciting to see him uh, get get a little hype there. Um, the Ilya Nathan match was, uh, as awesome as I thought it would be. Um, I think with, if given a little bit more time, it could have been even better, but I think with the, with the time they were given, it was very good. Um, so definitely would look forward to like a, maybe a main event, uh, match between them two, uh, later on and, and maybe an NXT, uh, TV episode in, in the future. Um, Baron playing mind games as always saying he has everything, uh, he ever wanted, and he's going to take the only thing that matters to Ilya. So playing those mind games, doing a real good job with that. Um, I like that they're using Tatum as kind of a, like, 
she's like in love with Lyra or she's like stalking her and uh, she's ever she seems to be everywhere that she is. So uh, I like that they're kind of featuring her. Uh, and like you said, I think Fallon needs to start getting some wins. She's been around for a while and she's featured fairly often, but she doesn't get a ton of uh, victories in these big matches. So she definitely needs to start stacking up some wins. I think Tatum Paxley and Sky Blue were like, you know, separated at birth, I think, at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, all right. So then we get Karma Petrovic cutting a promo and how Ariana Grace never shuts up and makes everything about uh, about herself and how it's time she kicked her in the mouth. And we get Metaphor accepting Alpha Academy's uh, challenge. And we get footage from moments ago, Joe Gacy cutting a promo under the ring because being beneath it is us where is where he's wanted and he's trying to deal with a new perspective, but it's hard. <laughs> and we get you get Ariana Grace versus Carmen Petrovic. Uh moving towards the uh end of the, towards the closing moments. We get uh elbows in the middle of the ring from Ariana knocking Petrovic down, stopping away. Joe Gacy slides out from under the ring and steals a timekeeper's bell and hammer to Ariana's disgust as they go to break. Back from commercial, Ariana with a Rear chin lock, slinging her to the mat, smashing her head into the mat a few times, back into a half Nelson chin lock. Scoop, Petrovic then floats over, running knees, roundhouse kick in the corner. Corkscrew kick into the corner, Ariana with a thumb to the eye. And Ariana Grace wins by pinfall with Laceland. And excited uh, Joe Gacy rings the bell in the crowd. Then we get Brooks Jensen versus Lexus King. We get... Uh, we get a whip across from Jensen with a rolling kick to the floor. King cuts him off with chops, but Brooks gives back as good as he gets. Lexus grabs at his leg, diving cross body, cuts him off, and then they go to break. Back from commercial, King is laying mounted punches while we watch Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes watching on a monitor. Hayes leaves. Lexus with a kick to the spine, falling forearm, cover for two. Stab here into a reverse chin lock. Jensen cuts him down, starts putting it together. Then we get some back elbows. Carmelo Hayes comes to ringside, but referees cut him off. And Lexus King wins via pinfall with the coronation. So, uh, you know, I, I'm i kind of, I'm as much as, you know, you say Ariana Grace, you know, is more character. She gets a, a, a kind of an impressive win here over Carmen Petrovic, who I think is somebody that's going to move up quickly. I think I really like her in the ring. I think Lyra needs to, like, uh, hang out with her and learn how to do a kick yeah. a little bit better because... Petrovic hits those kicks like way smoother than uh, than Lyra does, and you know, we have a decent little Brooks Jensen, you know, Lexus King match. Uh, I I really think uh, you know Pillman Jr. has really been you know solid since his start. I I I, I do like the coronation. I, I can't lie. Uh, I I think he's you know I it's funny too is now I watch him now and I I see shades of his old man in him too mm-hmm. as we go, which is not something we really saw in AEW. Mm-hmm. I mean I think he's 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 in the right place. He's getting it put together. He's getting. I don't think at AEW he was getting the right kind of guidance or training. And I think yeah. that's that was what was the big. That's the big difference. I think he's you know being at the PC, learning the character stuff, doing the promos, all that stuff. I think he's really benefiting from being in that system, and was probably like the best move for him to uh, to come over from AEW. So, what do you think about these uh, two matches? Yeah, he's definitely getting better, and I, I'm glad he does the finisher like not on the ropes because I think the yeah. one that he hit like with the legs draped on the ropes yeah. kind of 
clunky, so I'm glad he started to switch to like the one where they stand up and he does the neck breaker. So yeah, and I like the entrance too. He's got with the chair. Yeah, the chair. Yeah, I, I think that's really cool for sure. It makes him stand out uh, without a doubt. So, but yeah, he definitely seems more comfortable. He seems like he's gotten, a, like you said, maybe a little bit more guidance. He's still not super impressive, but I think he is definitely getting better. Uh, definitely, like you said. So um, I, I think he definitely has room to grow, but I think he is he is making those improvements and showing that he's uh, taking the coaching that he's getting at, at the PC. Uh, and yeah, like you said, I, I thought the match between Carmen and Ariana was pretty good uh, considering how new both of them are. They gave them a good bit of time, so that that's, that's good. Uh, yeah, you know, Carmen's character is kind of a striker, kind of a... You know, she's been trained with, like, weapons and swords and stuff like that. So she's real good with, like, hand-to-hand combat and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, definitely her and Lyra should start hanging out and help her out with the, <laughs> with the kicks for sure. Um, but Ariana gets a big win, so um, good to see that. Um, but, yeah, they're two that I would definitely look for in the future to be big, mm-hmm. big stars on, on the NXT brand. All right, so then we got our big... Uh, NXT North America Championship number one contenders four-way match with Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and Wes Lee, all former NXT North American champions. Uh, you know, love seeing Johnny back at NXT, but they 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 should have given him the original theme. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's just something about that theme. I mean, you know, you and I recently we covered that uh, you know the War Games match that he was in, and I swear mm-hmm. to God, I must I must have. Re- you know, rewound like a couple of times just to hear Johnny come out to that theme. Cause that was like his like last night uh, or his last match at the time. Yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, it's like when edge retired the, you know, when he did the, you know, he came out, he's like, Oh, I got to do that one more time thing. Like, it's like one of those things, like the theme is just so great. And he just wanted to listen to it, but eh, I digress. It's a theme, right? So, <laughs> so uh, let's fast forward a little bit. Cause this is a bit of a, a to talk about here. So we get, uh, you know, Johnny Gargano uh, kicking out uh, the other two for Tornado DDT on Bronson Reed. But the big man counters. We get a fireman's carry on Grimes, picking Gargano and Lee up as well. We get a triple Samoan drop, fall away slam. They recover and triple powerbomb Reed in turn. Gargano escape on Grimes. Lee breaks it up with a senton atomico. Reed then hosses him up, buckle bomb. Sentons for Gargano and Grimes. We... Wesley uh, sidesteps Bronson up. Inziguri cuts him off. Lee joins him, climbs up to join him. Reed with an avalanche military press to throw West into Johnny and Cameron Grimes. Bronson up top, but Ivar is here to cut him off and clobber him. Reed then jumps off the apron at him. Then we get uh, Warbeard with the reverse roundhouse, but Bronson sidesteps him into the barricade. Ivar slams him into the barricade, trading punches on the aisle. Lee then shoves Gargano into Grimes. O'Connor roll for two. Crucifix on Cameron for two. Grimes and Gargano trade super kicks. Caven connects, but Lee comes in and, and hits a cardiac kick on Cameron Grimes, becoming the new number one contender for the North American Championship. Post-match, Wesley and Don Mysterio, who had been on commentary the whole time, uh, square up. And then we go outside, see Roxanne, Perez, and Keanu James brawling against the car. James slams Perez onto the hood as security tries to pull them apart. Really, really fun four-way match. Surprising that we get an Ivar appearance, uh, you know, here on NXT, but that does take Bronson out of the match, which I think was a smart thing for them to do, to leave the three smaller guys in there. I had a feeling Cameron Grimes was going to be the one to eat the pin just because Johnny, you know, is Johnny, 
and Cameron Grimes has not really been featured all that much uh, on the main roster as of late. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun match. You know, Wes going over was the, uh, you know, you kind of knew that was going to happen because the other guys, like, again, don't even go there. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, continuing on the Roxanne Kiana uh, feud at the end, at the end of the show. So what are your thoughts on this, uh, this match here? That damn NXT parking lot, dangerous place. Especially Nobody for the women. Go there. Don't let your kids go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just an absolutely awesome uh, main event between four guys that are super, super awesome in the ring. Um, you know, you needed that big guy in Bronson to be there. I think that was a real smart to include him. Um, but you have your speed and your athleticism with the other three guys. Um, like you said, I think it was a good idea to have Ivar show up and kind of take Reed out uh, to continue their uh, feud that they have going on Raw. Um, and, you know, I, I feel bad for Grimes being the guy that has to take the pinfall, but he seemed to be the obvious choice. So um, I would like to see him get a little bit more featured, but, you know, uh, I'm probably not going to get that <laughs> that <laughs> idea over because I just don't think he's somebody that they see as a big star. Um, but, yeah, Lee was going to win here no matter what. You know, it's him and Dom. That's the match that's going to happen that needs to happen. So, uh, but just probably one of the better TV matches of the year for sure. Uh, it's really, really good stuff. All right. We move on to the show from December 5th of this year. We get our opening match is the Iron Survivor Challenge last chance qualifying match. Fallon Henley versus Keanu James versus Roxanne Perez versus Thea Hale. So moving to the uh, to the closing moments, Henley then uh, puts Hale up to the top, jockeying for position. They clear out. Perez hits a crossbody on James, hammering her with punches in the corner. Luthez pressing the more punches. Pop Rocks denied. Kiana throws her into the corner. Then we get uh, Roxanne clearing the announce desk. Double palm thrust turns things around. Roxanne slips out of a slam. James then smashes her face into the barricade, climbs the top of it, but Roxanne grabs her leg and climbs after her. Trading forearms on the barricade, bookend through the announce table. Back in the ring, Henley kicks out of an O'Connor roll off the ropes. And then Fallon Henley hits a leg lariat on Thea Hale, qualifying for the Iron Survivor Challenge. So, uh, Logan, I, you know, I, I had a feeling Fallon was going to win this only because I think Thea, uh, you know, just is, isn't, you know, doesn't need to be in the match. I think she's got a lot of other things going on, like character-wise. And you knew Roxanne and Keanu were kind of going to cancel each other out and maybe lead to something else to go on at the PLE. But uh, what are your thoughts on this opening match? Yeah, I, I liked that Roxanne and uh, Kiana kind of took themselves out. You know, they were so busy fighting each other that they, you know, went through the table together um, and kind of took each other out of the match. Yeah, Fallon, like, kind of like we said in previous episodes, she needed that big win, uh, and I think this was it. Um, like you said with Hale, she has other stuff going on. She has the, you know, investigation stuff, and she'll actually even get more of like a, you know, a little side story. Uh, to go with that as well in the coming weeks. So big, big win for Fallon. She definitely deserved it. So, uh, and I, you know, this may not be at the top tier of the opener matches, but I think it was uh, definitely still a really fast-paced, good match uh, to start things out. All right. So then we see uh, Dragunov walking backstage. We got a Lyra interview backstage. She talks about the Iron Survivor Challenge with Lola Vice. Rolls up, telling her she can cash in her match anytime she wants. Lyra says she's ready whenever she is. Lola says she's always ready. And then, um, you know, we get uh, Lowe's associate, with set, which is, I believe, Electra says maybe they'll cash it in for a tag tile shot. And 
And then uh, Tatum Paxley appears out of nowhere to talk some trash in return. We get Wesley showing back, walking backstage, set us to break, back from commercial. He's standing in the ring on one crutch, talking about how he was planning on being announced as your new NXT North American champion. Unfortunately, it won't be like that. He doesn't speak out of uncertainty or doubt because he knows it's a fact that Dominic can't handle his heart. Heart that gives him strength week in and week out, take on all comers and do all things he could never imagine. But heart can't help him now, and he won't bring the feeling back in his legs or eliminate the excruciating pain he's in right now. It's going to take surgery and time, and he's not sure when we'll see him again. But just as he rose from the ashes to be one of the greatest champions, set foot in the NXT ring, he'll further return. He'll return to further cement his legacy as one of the best to ever do this. He said this isn't goodbye, and he's far from being done. But for now, I'll see you later. Enter Dom Mysterio. Tells Wes to imagine how he feels, uh, how his back feels having to carry WWE for the past two years. And while he's sitting at home, he wants to know watch what he does to the title. Says he won't be at deadline. He guesses he has a night off just to chill with mommy. Then Wes tells him to pump the brakes because he does, in fact, still have a match at deadline. He tosses to a video from his dad, Ray Mysterio, telling him to defend the title at deadline. And Ray will be there in the corner of the man who will take the title from him, Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee is here to confront Dominic in the ring. Double axe handle. He goes for the lagger bomb. Mysterio runs away. And we'll pause there for a moment. So kind of a... a a bad time injury. I mean, did you read anything on, on how this happened? Did this happen in the match from the previous week, the four away? Um, as far as you know, Logan, I, I haven't heard much about it. So I, I got to imagine it did. I don't know what spot it happened on or when maybe, maybe they had a, a house show or something uh, right after that, that it happened at, or maybe it was just an injury that he is, you know, trying to ignore. And then it just got worse and worse. I, I don't really know. Um, for sure. I haven't really heard anything, but, um, yeah, definitely real sad and kind of a badly timed injury. Cause you know, I think he probably was going to win the North American championship, but I think this would have been a definitely shorter reign than his last one was obviously, you know, he's one of the longest reigning champions of all time. So I think it would have been more of a transition to like the next guy, uh, as I think, you know, we'll see when, uh, Dragon Lee and, uh, Dominic face each other at deadline. I think that might be the still be the case, but with a different person. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely sad to see Wes go out because I think he was probably in the next year going to maybe ascend to be in that NXT uh, championship picture. So. Yeah, and he had just returned too, which yeah. is kind of really exactly. sucked. Yeah, so, so he, he was yeah he was out and now he's you know back out again. So that's definitely sucky for sure. Yeah. Then we see Kiana James in the trans room when Izzy Dane rolls up to check on her. Says she sees Izzy keeping an eye on her, but next time she sees Roxanne Perez, she'll break her. Perez then attacks and a pull apart a pull apart brawl breaks out. Then they want to match each other on Saturday. And for some reason, Ava Rain breaks up the fight and says she'll make it happen again. The former cult member Ava Rain. <laughs> um, and we get a, a hype reel for the new NXT men's breakout tournament, and we're for, informed it'll be next week. We move on to a singles match between Lola Vice and Tatum Paxley. Paxley being creepy, bridge into a pin, cover for two, pressing the attack, crawling all over her, crossbody in the corner. Vice with head scissors on the charge, but Tatum counters with a powerbomb. Step up, shadows over hell. Nope. And then we got Lola on the comeback, hip attack in the corner for a deep two. Then Lola uh, hits a kick and gets the pinfall. We get footage last week of Axiom chatting to Nathan Frazier about his match and offering up a match. Frazier's hot about it, and Axiom says if he wants a match, he's got a match. Nathan agrees and wants to beat the hell out of each other before cooling off again and insisting they're going to hit each other. Axiom does a, oh, no, not my handsome looks bit, and that's that. 
then we get Alpha Academy making their entrance. So, um, you know, we get a, uh, you know, the nice uh, hype reel here for the uh, um, uh, breakout tournament. We get Izzy Dame now kind of uh, being one of those former level up uh, breakout person, getting a bit of a character. It always, you know, I always think of like, you know, you see people for a while. I just remember back when uh, the Iconics were down there. I remember seeing Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, like, you know, having like very little going on outside of like, you know, being enhancement talent. And then they slowly start developing characters. And I see that's where they're going with a lot of these girls as well. And I'm kind of uh, here for it. Uh, we get a you know, nice little match between Lola and Tatum. Of course, Lola has, to, you know, gets the win here. I mean, Tatum's one of those characters right now that if they lose, it doesn't really matter kind of thing. It's like that they're batshit crazy. And and that's really they're more about like you know inflicting pain or, or messing with people than 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 winning matches. And we get some uh, setup here between uh, Nathan Frazier and Axiom. So any thoughts on this bit of the show? Yeah, I thought the uh, stuff with Kiana and Roxanne was uh, pretty good, and uh, you know obviously challenging each other to the match at uh, deadline. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. And Ava seems to, I guess she's. I guess she's become Shawn Michaels' assistant somehow uh, after getting out of her uh, <laughs> post-cult therapy or whatever she went through. It may be, uh, maybe she has to work off, you know, this is her penance for, for being part of the cult or something. <laughs> yeah, that's like her work release program or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm excited by the uh, men's breakout tournament because a lot of the guys are pretty new or not super featured. A lot of them have been on... Uh, level up for a while, but I, I, I'm excited to see where how some of these guys are uh, as we go throughout the weeks with that. Um, the match between uh, Lola and Tatum I thought was pretty good. Like you said, um, you know Lola's obviously the focus uh, out of those two in, in this because she has the breakout contract, so um, she was obviously going to win. But Tatum looked good in, in, in defeat, and like you said, with her absolutely wackadoodle character, she's not going <laughs> to lose anything. Uh, by losing at this point, and she's obviously going to be featured more as she seems to be kind of linked to Lyra, so uh, we'll see where that goes. And then, you know, the thought of Nathan and Axiom going against each other, uh, definitely exciting because they have very exciting and very similar styles, so Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see where that goes. They're both quicker than a hiccup, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Almost too quick sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, believe me. Uh, It was was something to see live, I'll tell you. all right, so then we get, uh, you know, Alpha Academy making their entrance. We get Baron Corbin interviewed in the parking lot about Dragunov. We see NXT anonymous footage of the day Trick Williams gets attacked, leaving Carmelo Hayes. Hayes then immediately gets on his phone and texts something to someone and leaves to follow Trick. Get Joe Gacy in the crowd telling Vic Joseph how much he loves him. Then we move on to our, our mixed trios match here. Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, Maxine Dupree, and Otis versus the metaphor. Last legend, Noam Dar and Oro Mensah. Uh, we move towards the uh, towards the end of the match here. We get uh, Chad hammering uh, Oro with uh, with forearms. Uh, we uh, we sorry Dar with forearms. Then we Dar Jar t- chopping him down. Chad returns with a German suplex. Otis gets tagged in with a big choke slam. Mensa cuts him off with a rising knee. Then we get uh, a world strongest slam. Lashton comes in and slams Otis. That was a huge. I pop for that. That was a big move right there. And then we get Maxine Dupree off the top, diving Terra's roundhouse kick, snap suplex. Oro breaks it up with, uh, with coming in a ring. Dupree then with a plancha, taking everybody out. 
Dara wants an overroller, but Gable catches him in an ankle lock, and it's over. Alpha Academy wins via submission with uh, an ankle lock uh, from Chad Gable onto Noam Dar. So this was a fun trios match. I think Maxine Dupree has really been improving, but the big spot of the match was was Last Legend uh, slamming Otis. So do you have any thoughts on this uh, this match here? Yeah, they're, they're doing like uh, NXT end of year awards, and uh, the fact that that got into the uh, uh, the voting for moment of the year shows you how uh, in- impressive and uh, kind of you know memorable it was. So. Um, yeah, definitely a big spot for her. Kind of gets her over and shows how powerful I mean, she, it, she was in the WNBA, I believe. That's uh, according to uh, our friend John D'Amato. Yeah, she played. She actually played uh, basketball at Mississippi State, where I oh. uh, went to college. So okay, uh, uh, I, I I don't know her personally or anything, but uh, I, I, we did go to school together for a little bit. Um, but yeah, she's she's super athletic, um, super strong, super. I mean, she's tall, uh, so really really powerful superstar um and but this is this is kind of break of a breakout for her for that moment um and i I think she actually does pretty well in uh the match at the ple as well so um but yeah really really entertaining six man um obviously you know with um uh gable getting the tap out victory over dar we might see that rematch for the heritage cup before too long uh maybe maybe not hopefully we do because i think it could be another really good match um, but yeah, good stuff uh, and a real breakout performance for Lash. All right. So then we get Hank and Tank hanging out at Gallus's bar, waiting for them. Uh, they they don't want to fight; they just want a few minutes of time. They brought beer to prove it. Uh, Gallus gets annoyed. Hank proposes a match next week, and Gallus accepts. Then we get our, we learn that Roxanne and Keanu will meet inside a steel cage at the PLE on Saturday. Then we get uh, Byron Saxon hosting a meeting of the five women in the Iron Survivor Challenge. Tiffany Stratton, Lash Legend, Blair Davenport, Keelani Jordan, and Fallon Henley. Basically all of them, you know, give character moments, talk about how awesome they are. And it, of course, it turns into a brawl. And then we come back, we have Axiom versus Nathan Frazier. And we get uh, off the ropes, Axiom hits an arm drag, snap mare, Frazier returns the favor, Tierra's Cartwheel through stalemate and stereo kicks, and both men are down and out. Shoulder arm breaker from Frazier. Axiom up top dive. Frazier meets him with a super kick to the floor. Axiom dives on him, and the Iron Survivor Challenge women brawl out of the back and into the ring, and the match goes to a no contest. So, you know, we get the typical, you know, I'm awesome. I'm here. I'm the, I'm the challenger. I'm, I'm going to be your blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be your next NXT Women's Champion. I think they all... Uh, you know, did, you know, fine here. And, uh, you know, and then uh, kind of a disappointing match here between Axiom and Nathan Frazier because we don't get a lot of it because of the uh, buildup still more of the uh, um, Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. So any thoughts on on the in-ring, you know, interview segment as well as this uh, no contest match? Yeah, kind of disappointing that it got cut off, but um, obviously they want to push more with this uh, Iron Survivor match just coming up at the at the PLE. Um, yeah, just a basic segment where they all kind of talk about how great they are. I thought Kalani came off pretty, uh, you know, calm, cool, and collected in her, her her promo. I think she seemed comfortable with doing that, uh, despite not having a ton of time uh, in the ring to kind of do that stuff. But you know, everybody just got their little snipes in and stuff, so. Um, just your regular hype, last little hype, uh, you know, 
get together before the pay-per-view and obviously it ends in a brawl like they all do so yeah. <laughs> um but yeah and it ends with blair davenport staying alone on the ramp as nikita Lyons walks down nails her with a kick so mm-hmm. nikita is back officially you know once they are showing in the crowd they're like you know they're like a week or so away from being back mm-hmm. um and we have another andre chase press conference about the investigation at chase U, misuse of funds and gambling he wants to make it clear that the person who put the university into severe debt is him, and he fell short of the example he intends to set. Due to the results of the investigation, Chase University is under academic probation. They're under sanctions now, including students who enrolled after the debt began uh, being unable to get financial aid. Thea Hale asked him exactly how, he, how much he owes, and he admits it's hundreds of thousands of dollars plus interest. And it'll be real after losing all of his personal finances. He used university assets, and he went through... A third party for a loan, he can't play back. But he got them into the mess, and damn it, he's going to get them out of it as quickly and efficiently as possible. Duke asked if there's anything else they can do to help. One student uh, suggests a bake sale, another a car wash. Andre gets sadder and sadder. Another one suggests a crash course in avoiding financial crisis. JC then throws paper at Thea Hell to get her attention while she's disassociating, and Thea claims she's okay. And then we get uh, trick uh, confronting Carmelo Hayes about the footage from earlier. Hayes trying to uh, beg off and go wrestle his match, but Trick isn't having it. So, uh, and continuing on, we get um, Lexus King crowing about the leaked footage and says that when you're a star like him, the camera always finds you. Before you're talking about how he's not going to interfere in the match here because while they're not besties, he would never cost a friend a pay per view match like that. Then we get Eddie Thorpe interviewed, said he's hurt tonight. But it's too important to pass up in order to get another shot at the guy that hurt him in the first place, Jack. So we get uh, more Chase U cockamamie <laughs> and uh, and more on the, uh, you know, this whole Trick Carmelo uh, Lexus King situation. Uh, any thoughts on any of this before we get to the uh, last chance match? Yeah, the, on, the only good, uh, as, as we've talked about this, the only good payoff to this Chase U thing is if, like, Andre Chase somehow becomes this like super bastard heel uh, after this all all ends yeah. up. I don't know. So you know, like it, it, it. I think that's like the only way that this could this could end up being good. Because um, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, it hasn't finished as of where we're at now. So uh, we'll see uh, where it goes. Um, not not super excited about it because I kind of want it to just be over. Whatever they're trying to do. Um, you know, with the video earlier, Trick and Carmelo's got a little bit of tension again. We don't really know if Carmelo's not the guy that attacked him now because it seemed pretty obvious last week that uh, it was it was Lexus King. But now we're not so sure. Um, you know, Lexus has his little promo where he you know stirs the pot a little bit more, uh, says he's not going to interfere because um, him and Melo are but buddies, according to him. Um, and then, you know, Eddie Thor- Thorpe uh, showing tenacity by saying, I-, I might not should be in this match tonight, but I'm going to I'm going to tough through it because I want to get my hands on Dijek. All right. So that moves on to the Iron Survivor Challenge last chance qualifying match for the men. Carmella Hayes versus Eddie Thorpe versus Joe Coffey versus Tyler Bate. And we uh, we cut forward a little bit. We have Eddie cutting off. Carmelo, cover on Tyler Bate. Coffee breaks it up. Fadeaway countered. Eddie with a drop kick. All four men are down. Throwing German suplexes. Brainbuster on Tyler. Joe breaks it up again. Suicide dives again. Coffee thwarts Thorpe's attempts and ambitions. And this time with a spinebuster on the steel steps. The referee calls for medics to take a look at Eddie. 
three others uh, stay at it. Carmelo sees an opportunity, lands on his feet off a back suplex. Counter the rebound lariat. Code breaker on Tyler, but Joe breaks it up. Super kick on Coffee. Springboard counter with a double thrust. Bob bang headbutt. Diving forearm counter with an uppercut. Rebound lariat. Underhooks. Tyler Bate wins by pinfall with the Tyler Driver 97 on Joe Coffey, qualifying for the Iron Survivor Challenge. Post-match, Tyler gets on the mic, says he knows what awaits him in the Iron Survivor Challenge. Usually is all about peace and tranquility, but to hell with that, because those four men won't stand a chance. Then we get uh, Dijak, Braun, Briggs, and Trick all entering uh, into the... Uh, to the arena all talking john on the uh, on the mic and uh a full brawl and then breaks out so uh what are your thoughts on this match and tyler Bate being the one to advance to the iron survivor challenge yeah out of the four guys i thought i mean him or eddie seemed to make the most sense carmelo seems to definitely be heading towards something with lexus so i, I think he was probably out on this one and you know trick needs to kind of be able to establish himself without Carmelo being there, kind of distract uh, from that. So um, I didn't think Joe was ever going <laughs> to qualify. Um, I, Thorpe made sense for the DiJack purposes of it all, but Bate uh, was definitely a smart choice. Um, I thought the match was really good for really good guys. Um, I thought it was very fast-paced and wasn't, wasn't too many uh, spots where nothing was going on. It was, it was a ton of action, so... Uh, good to see that. Um, and obviously, they were going to have the same thing that they had with the ladies earlier. They were going to have, you know, the little summit, uh, little promo battle uh, that ends in them all beating each other up. So um, that that wasn't surprising to see. But I thought the match was really good. All right. And then we uh, close the show with Baron Corbin, Ilya Dragunov in the ring for their face-to-face. Lots of join, basically summing up everything that we've seen so far. And... Uh, in the closing moments, uh, you know, Ilya calls Baron a materialistic son of a bitch, but Corn says this isn't about things, it's about vindication for him. Well, all these people will never admit it. They know he's never stopped, not through brand changes or COVID, and he's been on TV screen for eight-plus years, and he's taking uh, what is his. He can see Ilya's about to lose it because his son misses him, and he misses his son. He can say that to his face because he's man enough to say it. And on Saturday... He'll understand why Ilya then swats a chair out of the way. And Baron says that what he wants, the fire breath, and he leans into the table in the corner, talking about his family and begging him to do it right now for his family. Saturday, Ilya will prove he's a coward, but Dragunov comes in for a hug and and reminds him the only one who can destroy the dragon is the dragon himself. Then the men's Iron Survivor Challenge entrance brawl into the ring and Tyler Bates and Tyler Bates ends up standing tall as we close the show. So, some final bill for our our men's title match. Uh, you know, anything you want to add before we move on to the PLE? Yeah, I mean, it, kind of the same stuff that they've done throughout the weeks before. Just kind of, you know, Corbin playing those mind games and uh, Ilya not giving in. Uh, I thought it was very, uh, very funny uh, to see him give him a hug uh, to kind of show that he was keeping his cool and that the mind games weren't working. So, uh, that was definitely an interesting way to go. Um, and then the, you know, the five guys come out um, at, for the Iron Survivor Challenge um, and have a little bit more of a brawl. Uh, definitely interesting to see Bate be the guy that was standing at the end. So definitely not the guy I would have picked to probably be the last man standing, seeing as he had had a match and, you know, he's not the biggest guy uh, out of the out of the bunch. So um, 
definitely interesting to see him be the. the he's definitely not the biggest guy. After seeing him live in person, I'm like, geez, he's not. He is not. He, if he's five six, uh, I mean, that's, I think that's gonna be what he is. He's gotta be like five six, five seven, I think. Yeah. Um, all right, so we move on to NXT Deadline from on Saturday, December 9th. Uh, fun show. I was there live with our good friend Jarosinio D'Amato. The pop father, Scott Scola, was there as well. He did not sit with us. He was sitting with some other people that night. We did have a run-in with him. Uh, crowd was fun. Got there, you know, when doors first opened. Long, long line to get in. Um, you know, I thought it wasn't a complete sellout. They had about three sections behind hard camera that were uh, tapered off. Like mm-hmm. had a tarp over them, so it wasn't like, you know, not, not to take a shot at AEW, but it's not like you see like the empty seats, like you know, where they have the creative camera. No, the I think this either they knew they weren't going to sell these sections, or they they just they planned for this, maybe possibly. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was designed to only be however many it ended up being. It, it was a sellout for what they had, but it was it, it wasn't ever supposed to be the whole arena. Okay, great. Yeah, no, it was fun live show. Uh, we had a pre show match uh, that you know we got kind of like a give back of what we saw, you know, got interrupted in the uh, last episode, which was Axiom versus Nathan Frazier. Uh, you know, fast forwarding uh, towards the end, we get Frazier hitting Axiom with a superplex into the final cut, then Nathan back up top, but nobody home on a Phoenix splash. We got a duck it in Zaguri, little super kick, and Frazier stays in control. Then we get Axiom cutting down with kicks, lines him up, runs right into a super kick. Cover for two. Frazier up top. Enziguri cuts him off. Spanish flight connects for the top. Axiom lines him up and hits the uh, golden ratio and gets a pinfall. I, I'm telling you, watching this live, these guys, it was like they were blurs going. And and the crowd was, was, was pretty into it. You know, the arena was, you know, a good fair amount of people were at their seats for this match. I mean, you know, there were, you know, Bridgeport is a small arena. So there's one merch stand. And God bless uh, John. He stood online with me the whole time because I wanted to get my uh, my kids uh, a couple of shirts. So, uh, you know, Dylan wanted a Dragon Off shirt. Uh, so I got him that after uh, telling him that I was going with my buddy and not him. I had to make up for that. <laughs> but uh, uh, what do you think of this match? Did it live up to the hype on TV that uh, you had hoped it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, both guys are just so ridiculously fast and uh, athletic. Um, definitely an exciting match. Definitely a good way to uh, hype up the crowd for the show that's to come. Uh, definitely two guys that are good to throw out there in that kind of situation to hype up the crowd. So definitely, uh, if you're going to do a kickoff match, definitely the, a good one to throw out there. All right. So uh, earlier in the day, nah, CM you can skip this part. <laughs> I said you can skip this part. <laughs> earlier in the day, CM Punk posted on Instagram. Uh, that you know he uh, he was coming to to see uh, Shawn Michaels at NXT, so we get the main show uh, kicking off with the Heartbreak uh, Man, Shawn Michaels making his entrance, getting on the mic, um, and then welcome to the show. And he has one question for us, and he says, "Are we ready?" And then CM Punk's music hits, the place explodes. I mean, it was loud in there. I had not heard a live pop like that in quite some time. Uh, Punk comes out wearing a a Bret Hart sweatshirt, no less. Um, basically, kind of uh, building on the momentum of uh, you know Punk uh, having been at uh, you know Survivor Series, having been on Raw, having been you know on SmackDown. You know, it's just all over the place. You know, Punk the love uh, the love family reunion is happening, and you know I 
you know, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a great way to start the show. Uh, it didn't take away from the show. If anything, it maybe brought some more eyes onto it. If if that, um, I don't know. Any any uh, thoughts on Punk showing up at the top of the show? I mean, he was just really there for like a moment. It wasn't very long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like 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 with the pre-show match, it's a good way to hype the crowd up. Uh, definitely exciting to see him. You don't expect him to necessarily show up uh, on an NXT show. Um, he does bring as much as I can't stand him personally um i i uh, i do admit that he is uh, he does bring a lot of eyes so you know if he brought a few more eyes to the show that maybe wouldn't have watched it to begin with uh good on that good on him uh so uh definitely a cool little interaction but you know if it didn't happen i wouldn't have been disappointed but uh uh it, it was good for the the crowd there and the crowd that watched all right, and we get a, uh, a opening video package, and we lead into our North American Championship match. Dominic Mysterio defending against Dragon Lee. We get uh, Ray Mysterio coming off commentary. Ray got a really a nice pop coming out. Uh, you know, surprisingly, no Judgment Day at this uh, at this show here. So Dom was kind of on his own. As we fast forward towards the uh, towards the uh, closing moments, we get a fireman's carry, slip out of it, super kick in the corner. Mounted punch, hesitation, drop kick, sets up a double stomp. Dom has a hand on the ropes, back and forth. Tedrew powerbomb from the champion, still uh, no pin. Catapult, Dragon in, sets up the, for the second. Mysterio off the ropes, duck into the 619, looking for the side DDT. Blocked, Liger bomb, Dom kicks out, charging back in, but Dragon Lee hits the side DDT, becoming your new North American NXT champion. Thought it was a fun match from where I was sitting. I actually had really good seats. Uh, we were probably just a little up from where you would see us on camera, so I don't know if we ever made it on camera um, during the whole show at all. But uh, Dom definitely a lot. The booze were not piped in. I can tell you that much that <laughs> night. Uh, but you know, he put on a good show. Dom is one of those people that has really grown over the last couple of years. I thought Dragon Lee is finally where he where he was when I thought he was going to come in. Like I didn't think he was going to have as many losses. When he first came in, but now he's really starting to like you know get wins together. Get it? You know he has a title. But uh, uh, what do you think of the show? Yeah, this is definitely where I saw you know Dragon Lee when he first came in. You know, kind of ascending to. Uh, it took him a little longer, kind of like you said, like uh, than I thought he would have. Um, not surprising to see him win because I think Wes probably would have won if he hadn't been hurt. Um, maybe a little bit surprising because he's kind of seems like he's on SmackDown now officially. Uh, so I, I kind of, like I mentioned earlier, I don't know that this reign is going to necessarily be very long. Um, I don't know particularly who he loses it to, uh, in the future, but, um, I, I think this one's kind of just going to be the transition to the next guy just to, you know, kind of get Dominic out of there. He served his purpose. He had a good reign. Um, he had a, some good matches and like you said, he's been improving, throughout the whole year he's definitely probably the most improved superstar in the whole company uh for 2023 so he definitely probably win wins whatever uh, kind of award that they have this like that um but uh, yeah good match good way to open the main show um mm-hmm. maybe not the best north american championship match you'll see but uh still a solid one at the same time all right so we get our women's Iron Survivor Challenge. We get Blair Davenport versus Fallon Henley versus Kalani Jordan versus Last Legend versus Tiffany Stratton. Uh, the women winner becomes the new number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. If you don't know the rules or how it works, 
not going to explain it. If you're listening to the show, you should know it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry. Didn't mean to sound like that, but no, you know, I, I don't even know if I could explain it properly if I could. It's like five women, you penalty box, <laughs> most pins. There you go. Uh, 90 <laughs> seconds. Right. All right. Cool. All right. So we get Fallon Henley and Blair Davenport uh, in the match first and second. Now, it's one of those things too, is like, if you're watching it and I was doing, you know, I was also like this at home, like the crowd was really quiet in the beginning. Cause I'm like, but you also have to think like, this is a 25 minute, it, this match is going 25 minutes. So they need to no pace what, themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be a lot off the bat. Right. So we get, you know, Fallon and, and Blair and a lot of back and forth. Then we get Tiffany into the match third and we uh, get our first pinfall actually. By uh, Blair Davenport uh, ends up pinning Fallon Henley with a lateral pre- press for a total of one fall. That puts Fallon Henley into the penalty box. And we get Kalani Jordan entering the match. And then moving forward, we get Fallon Henley earning a, a fall, pitting Tiffany Stratton with a kick for a total. So puts her on the board. Tiffany goes into the penalty box. Then we get Last Legend entering the match fifth. And then we get. You know, right into the action, we have a Tower of Doom uh, spot where Lash stacks him up and pins him. And she earned two falls by pinning both Fallon Henley and Tiffany Stratton. Uh, so she's leading now two to one to one to zero to zero. And that was impressive. I mean, when you're sitting there and you're watching, you're talking about the match, you know, you want them, to, you want to see them do things creative. And that was what, you know, uh, John and I were really remarking about. Like, this was something we hadn't seen before. I mean, it's only what? This is only the second year, right, of the Iron Survivor Challenge? Yeah, they did it last year. And this yeah, is, so this so they, definitely they did some creative stuff. And, and we hadn't had uh, two pins at once. Uh, so uh, we like that. So we come down to a, um, you know, uh, both... Uh, um, you know, Tiffany and Fallon are in the penalty box. Then we get the metaphor coming down to hold the penalty box shut to keep Tiffany and Fallon out of the match. They try to climb, but just end up fighting each other. Fallon gets the advantage and perches to the top of the box. Then Tiffany knocks her down through the announce table. And Stratton takes everybody out with a dive off of the penalty box. Legend with a splash on Blair for no deal. Tiffany uh, to the same ending. Then we get, uh, you know, Kalani reversing out of a powerbomb. We got Blair Davenport earning a fall by pinning Kiana Kalani Jordan with a diving double stomp for a total of two falls. So now she's tied with Lash for the lead. Then we get uh, move on to Tiffany earning a fall, pinning Lash Legend with the prettiest moonsault ever for one fall, getting her on the board. Then we get Blair Davenport earning a pinfall with a lateral press on Fallon Henley for a total of three falls. Then we get Lash exiting the penalty box and chasing Blair for the last moments as the countdown timer ticks. And Blair Davenport holds on to win the match for a total of three falls, becoming the new number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Post-match, she cuts a promo on how she's going to win a title at New Year's Evil. Lyra then comes out to confront her, but then Cora Jade returns to blindside a champion and hold the title belt in front of our new number one contender. I thought this was a really fun match. Had some really great spots. Like I said, the last legend pinning two. Uh, I thought the penalty box uh, stuff with Fallon and Tiffany was a lot of fun. I'm mad I didn't have my phone up to get a shot of Tiffany in midair. Because um, I, from where we were sitting, we are like, oh, yeah, this is they're, – they're building to something here. And I think, uh, you know, I, I didn't think Tiffany was going to win because I think she's out of the title picture for a while. I didn't think Fallon was going to win. I didn't think Colony was going to win. And Lash, I don't think, was going to win. So Blair was probably the, the smart choice mm-hmm. to win. Also, the fact that she's a heel – 
uh, also led to it. So what are your thoughts on the match? Uh, any any spots you want to call about? And uh, the fact that we have the return of uh, Corey Jade. Yeah, definitely excited to see Cora back. I think, you know, like we've kind of talked about in the past, she's she seemed to be kind of aimless the last few times, but it seems like they've got a pretty focused idea of where she's going to be uh, starting coming back here. Um, but yeah, they, uh, hopefully they don't fumble this one kind of like they have the couple last couple. Um, yeah, Blair was probably the best pick. Um, I didn't think Lash was going to win. Um, I could have seen Stratton winning just because, you know, Lyra's a face. She's a champion. Um, but yeah, it, it was either going to be Blair or Tiffany. But like I think, like like you said, I think Tiffany, um, I don't know if she's necessarily going to be in the title picture or if she may even be on NXT uh, much longer because I think she's a pretty, pretty sure thing. So she might be on the main roster before too long. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the match was really good. I, I don't remember all of last year's iron survivor, but I remember somewhat being disappointed in it. Um, so this one really, really impressed me because I thought it was much better than that one. Um, for, from what little memory I do have of it, um, that probably tells you everything you need to know that I don't remember much of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the dive off the penalty box. I love that they used the penalty box. Uh, they didn't hold back from attacking each other while they were in there. That was, that was really good to see. That was a good part of last year's uh, men's one for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Lash uh, at the same time, kind of like we talked about, she's starting to emerge a little bit. Uh, this was kind of a showcase for her too, to, you know, she got the two uh, points on the same pen or on the pens at the same time. Uh, but yeah, Blair's a good choice. Uh, interested to see what Blair and Lyra can do at New Year's Evil. But uh, yeah, really solid match. Uh, kind of surprised me uh, without a doubt. All right. On to our next match, which is Carmelo Hayes versus Lexus King. Hayes denies a handshake from Lexus. We get a collar and elbow, shoved off, side headlock, shot off. Big right hand, and Carmelo unloads on him, sending King to the floor. Lexus takes control on the floor, back inside, right hands, but he chopped the post on the floor, so his hand is hurting. We get a snap mare, kicks to the back, more kicks to the spine, half crab applied. Backbreakers follow, King setting his own pace. He gets the handshake now, but Mel flips the bird and lays headbutts in. Shoulder block into the corner. Lexus sets him up, climbing to uh, join him, Avalanche, Cactus Clothesline, and both guys clatter on the floor and barely beat the count. Then King with a backbreaker after backbreaker, but then Hayes off the top and hits nothing but net and gets the win via pinfall. Both post-match, King gets on the mic and tells Carmelo it wasn't him that attacked Trick Williams, but he'll thank him for that PLE spotlight. So, um, I mean, I, I enjoyed the match, but from where I was sitting, I don't know how it came off on TV. This might be as... I don't know. We'll just say mundane or vanilla for a Carmelo Hayes match that we've seen so far. I didn't, I didn't love the match. You know, I thought it was fine, but I think, you know, it might not be on like one of his better matches. Is that a fair assessment that I have from my perspective? No. Yeah. I think the crowd, uh, I think the crowd was kind of, I won't won't say cooked because there was still a good bit of the show left, but I think they were kind of coming off the high of that previous match. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, I mean, that's just kind of how I felt. And like you said, this isn't one of uh, Carmelo's best matches. I mean, it's still good, kind of like you said. It was fine. But, like, you expect him to kind of have at least one of the best matches of the night. And I just don't think uh, that him and him and Lexus quite got there on this one. Um, 
I, I think, you know, Lex's style is more deliberate and kind of, you know, uh, he, he, he doesn't do anything super exciting. He's more of just like a, uh, I, I, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just plotting. <laughs> plotting. Yeah. Plotting is probably a good word. Um, he's real methodical in what he does. Uh, so it's not always the most exciting, uh, style. Um, but Carmelo did what he could. I, I think it was still a solid match, but yeah, not definitely probably his worst, uh, PLE match that he's had. But I mean, at the same time, he's still Carmelo Hayes and it was still yeah. at least good. So yeah, I, 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 I underperforming Carmelo Hayes match is still better than a lot of matches. So yeah, that's true. I just say that. So <laughs> we get Corey Jade interviewed backstage. Says she bets lots of women in the rock room, locker room are shocked to see her back. And now that she's back, she's going to take this place to a whole new level. As for her next move, we'll see her Tuesday. Quick teaser for Vengeance Day on Sunday, February 4th. Trick is backstage. When Carmelo Hayes rolls up, Trick says he owes him an apology and they're good. He congratulates Mello on whipping King's ass and says this time, this, this is his time. And, and Carmelo says, tells him to go whoop that trick. So we move on to the NXT Championship No. 1 Contenders Iron Survivor Challenge Match for the Men, which is Braun Breaker versus Dominion Dijak versus Josh Briggs versus Trick Williams versus Tyler Bate. So we get the big boys out to start. We get Dijak and Briggs, who honestly I wouldn't mind seeing as a tag team one day, kind of like uh, mm-hmm. Josh Southern Justice Briggs and make uh, Dijak kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know, South Side or North Side or whatever. I don't know. But I think I think these guys really do uh, both perform really well. And they actually perform to uh, have uh, some alliance time in this uh, match as well. Yeah. But, you know, um, before the first, uh, the third person comes in, Dijak earns a fall on Josh Briggs by, uh, you know, hitting the uh, choke slam. And then we get uh, Tyler Bate entering the match. Then we get Josh Briggs earning a fall uh, with a lariat on Dijak for uh, tied up one to one. Then we get Tyler Bate earning a pinfall in the school by on Dijak for a total one fall. So all three men in the ring now have one point each. We get Trick Williams entering to a ginormous pop. I mean, lots of whoop that tricks going on, uh, especially with the guy next to me. Um <laughs> Then we get uh, Tyler Bay earning a pinfall with the Tyler Driver 97 on Trick for a total of two falls. Then we get Braun entering match, and this is when they really up the uh, the intensity here. I mean, this this was a sick sequence. Braun, you know, sp- hits a spear on Josh Briggs, he gets a fall, and then and then he hits a spear on Tyler Bate, gets a fall, and then hits a pin another spear on Dijak for three falls. So the guy comes in immediately takes the lead. With three pins. And, you know, as you're sitting there, you're watching the clock because you're trying to figure out, like, the penalty box and the time. Is there going to be enough time for people left? Because going in, you know, Trick has got to be the overwhelming favorite, right? Everybody, you know, you think that this is Trick's match to lose. And and he kind of wasn't, you know, didn't, didn't, it seemed like he was treading water. Like, he was, he was doing stuff, but he was kind of treading water for a lot of this match. Then we get, um. You know, Dijak then earning a pinfall with a lateral press on Trick Williams for a total of two falls. Then we get Tyler earning a pinfall on a Liger Bomb on Dijak for three falls. So he tied it up with Braun. We get Dijak earning a pinfall on Trick. So he's got three falls. So three guys have three. Then we get Josh earning a, uh, a pinfall with a moonsault on Braun for two. So it's three, 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 two, zero. And then, so the the time is starting to run out. You're watching the clock, like, okay, if Trick's gonna win, how is he gonna do it? 
and we get our answer. We trick earning a pinfall with a schoolboy on Josh Briggs for a one fall. Then we get him earning a pinfall with a jackknife pin on Tyler Bate for two falls. Then we get trick earning a fall on, on Dijak for a total of three falls. And then the timer is 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 talking down. And everybody's like getting nervous, like what is happening here? And then we get uh you know uh, Braun setting up for a uh, uh, I believe another um, uh, uh, spear and Trick hits a forearm with a total of four falls and Trick wins the match having her four falls becoming number one contender and the place again another huge ginormous pop whoop that Trick's going on everywhere and uh, you know it, it we'll we'll talk about uh, you know match placement. When we get after we talk about the main event, but yeah. definitely this is probably the match of the night, right? Um, and what are your thoughts on this one? Because this was this was incredible to watch live. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was it was fantastic from start to finish. I, I do like the idea of starting with Briggs and uh, Dijak just a hoss matchup, really to start things. So I, I thought that was really smart. Um, uh, up until the Braun, when Braun comes in and just wreck shop for a few minutes, I do feel like the crowd was kind of, uh, but they were pacing themselves kind of like yeah. the other one. So uh, I do feel like, you know, it was kind of quiet until that happened. And, you know, they kind of woke up because it was pretty exciting for him to come in and just wreck guys. Um, and then you could kind of tell that they were getting a little anxious with uh, um, Trick uh, not getting any falls for so long. It seemed like they were going to kind of make the wrong uh, booking decision there for a little bit, but yeah, when he starts getting those falls and starts picking up some wins, especially when he gets that last one, uh, y'all definitely exploded uh, for him. So it, it, a very well booked match. Um, I remember the one last year being absolutely awesome as well. So I think as far as uh, you know, the men's Iron Survivor matches, they're definitely two for two. Just really good matches. Um, very hard hitting, uh, not, uh, Tyler Bates, the smallest guy in this match, uh, probably by a sizable, uh, comparison cause everybody else is freaking huge or super tall. Uh, so, uh, just a bunch of big meaty men slapping meat. So definitely a good time whenever that happens, but yeah, it was booked, uh, very well, uh, to have, you know, trick, get the four wins kind of consecutively there at the end. Yeah, yeah, it was it was exciting. I mean, yes, you, you know, you had to keep reminding yourself, like, they got to go a long time. They got to pay. I mean, having that first fall, though, before this third guy even comes in, now I thought that was some really good creative stuff. Um, you know, Braun, you know, channeling a lot of that Bill Goldberg, uh, you know, spear in, uh, in the beginning when he comes in. That was exciting. Yeah, and, and you know, they were they were messing with us, you know. You were starting to think like, is Trick is Trick gonna win? Is Trick even gonna is Trick even gonna get a fall? Like, what's happening here? And then yeah, just a perfectly booked uh, Iron Survivor match. Mm-hmm. And then, so then we get uh, we go backstage. We see Dragon Lee getting presented with the NXT North American Championship by Rey Mysterio. We get uh, Josh Briggs flipping out on Brooks Jensen. It gives him and Fallon Henley a pep talk for how well they did. The metaphor roll up on them, and the brawl breaks out. Then we get our next match, Keanu James versus Roxanne Perez in a steel cage. Um, you know, moving forward a little bit, we get uh, they're slugging. They end up on top of the cage, and they uh, they slug it up on top of it, and they end up coming back down. And Keanu hits a power bomb off the bottom rope, uh, coast to coast power bombs into the steps, but Roxanne reverses to Pop Rocks when she's back in the middle of the ring. Both women down and out. Perez slowly cl- crawling over. 
But then, uh, you know, Kiana tries to leave through the door, but gets pulled back in with a chair. Roxanne ducks, rolling soul butt. Now she has a chair, but Izzy Dam smashes the door on Perez's face, and Kiana takes it. Kiana James wins by pinfall with a chair-assisted codebreaker. Now, we we had, you know, I hadn't seen the whole uh, thing that happened with Izzy uh, checking on Kiana. So from where I was sitting, and she, from afar, I, I thought it was Tiffany. Yeah, because you know you can't you couldn't tell the height thing because Izzy is a bit taller than um than but she was dressed and had similar hair to to how Tiffany would have it so that's what I thought because Tiffany and Kiana had that thing so then finally you know it was like uh you know you know Johnny pointed out no that's that's Izzy I said oh, okay so so I I kind of enjoyed that that ending um you know Roxanne you know maybe. Uh, I think uh, Kiana going over now that she's got that big uh, helicopter entrance, you know, they had to mm-hmm. make it seem like she was taking off from, you know, St- I think it was like in Stanford or something like that mm-hmm. from the headquarters. Yeah. And then coming to Bridgeport, which, you know, it's got to be like, you know, maybe like a 15 minute helicopter ride, I think, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, uh, definitely a fun entrance. I thought the match was fine uh, from more from my perspective. Um Kiana going over, I think, was smart because uh, definitely putting Roxanne down kind of like a a darker downward spiral, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, definitely thought Izzy was Tiffany at first, uh, even on TV. So um, they really had to show her face before I was like, oh, that's uh, that's uh, I couldn't remember her name actually at first. Uh, Vic Joseph obviously said her name eventually, but uh, I did recognize her from you know Level Up and just previously being on on TV and, and some matches, but, um, yeah, definitely good to see Kiana kind of paired with somebody. This one struggled again with like being after the exciting iron survivor match, you know, the crowd, you know, got real hype for the last match. So they might not have woken up too much for this one. I do think they worked really hard. I think it was, uh, I think it was solid. Uh, it wasn't, you know, an all time or anything like that, but, uh, they definitely worked hard, used the cage uh, pretty well. So, um, and like I said, it's good to see Kiana maybe have an apprentice uh, as we go forward. So um, definitely interested to see where maybe Roxanne goes from here, because like you said, she could go into kind of a dark place because she hadn't been getting a ton of wins lately. All right. And we move on to our main event, which is Baron Corbin challenging Ilo Dragunov for the NXT championship. Uh, we're going to uh, fast forward and we have a. Uh, you know, later in the match, both men are down and out. Ilya hits a forearm in the corner, drawing him up, jockeying for position. Avalanche clothesline from the lone wolf, cover for two. We get a body scissors, dragon sleeper, dragon off, floats over, fireman's carry. Then we get Corbin with a uh, near big near fall, end of days reverse. Ilya going for a power bomb. He gets it with a release. Dragon off up, coast to coast. DDT follows H-bomb into a straddle, hugging Corbin, calling for it. Dragon off wins. Uh, via pinfall with the Torpedo Moscow retaining the NXT championship. Post-match, Ilya celebrates the title when Trick Williams comes out to remind him he's the number one contender. Carmelo comes out right behind him. Um, so I thought this was a good match. Um, definitely I don't, I wouldn't say great from my perspective. Um, definitely, yeah. <laughs> the big thing was that you know a lot of us were saying in the crowd was was this should not have been the main, the the close the show. It should have been the men's Iron Survivor should have closed the show. Uh-huh. Uh, they could have done some kind of like Ilya coming out, walking and Mello coming out. Because I I honestly we had already 
uh, walked out. We were we were making our way out. I, I had to, you know, use the bathroom. So we heard Trick's music come out. So, uh, you know, I, nothing really happened. So we didn't really miss anything. But, yeah, definitely, I think the Men's Iron Survivor should have been the, the, the close of the show. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, this one definitely struggled with because of the card placement. Uh, the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge match absolutely should have ended the show. Uh, with Trick getting his big win in the main event. Because that was even the storyline with Hayes and uh, Trick going into the show. Like, Trick said, oh, I'm going to be the main event. You're going to be the opener for once. So uh, that it would have made a ton of sense for that to be the main event. Like like you said, it wasn't a bad match at all. It was pretty good. I mean, Ilya's in the match, and, uh, you know, he's never going to have a bad match. He's never even going to have, a you know, an okay match. His matches are usually good to great. Uh, so, I mean, this is a good match. Um, you know, people hate Corbin and they're just going to hate Corbin no matter what. Um, I, I do think this is one of his better matches for sure. Um, I, I mean, he doesn't work the most exciting style, but I think he's pretty hard hitting. Uh, he plays really well with these smaller guys that he's in the ring with. So I think he does his job. I don't think that's necessarily the most exciting thing for a lot of people sometimes. So I think the a lot of people are down on him for that mat of that fact. Um, I don't think the result was ever in question, so that may may have added to the, you know, you know, Corbin's going to win this match, so why why really care? Uh, First, you know, somewhat not not really, you know, I, you you probably shouldn't have that mindset, but like some people do. Uh, but yeah, the, at the end, you know, Trick comes out. And the way that they did the PLE, it kind of cut out when Mello uh, came out. So you were kind of left thinking because he kind of kind of like slowly walks up to him. So you weren't sure if he was about to attack him or if he was about to hug him or whatever. But it kind of cut out. So you it kind of left that to the imagination. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like I said, a, a good match, not a great main event, but um, definitely not a bad way to end the show, but probably not how they should have ended the show at the same time. All right. So that moves on to the NXT show from December 12th, 2023 opens with Carmella Hayes, Trick Williams arriving at the arena. Uh, Trick takes a minute to talk to the press about his upcoming title match. And Hayes just slips into the building. We get a recap of deadline and we get go backstage and Carmella Hayes is down now clutching his knee. Referee is attending to him. Trick rushes to a side check on him before they cut away. We get Cora Jade in the ring on the mic saying how uh, she's been gone for four long months. We get uh, Lyra coming out that she reminds her uh, she blindsided her to hold that tile up, but notes that four months off have changed nothing about her. But Lyra has changed dramatically, and now she's a champion. Blair then comes in, and she crows about winning Iron Survivor, tells Lyra she should be focused on her. Enter Nikki Lyons, um, and she attacks Blair, helps Lyra stand tall. Then we get a metaphor making an entrance, and we go to break. And back from commercial, we get the new NXT North American champion, Dragon Lee, interviewed. Um, and he said he won the title as a replacement for Wesley, and he's going to defend it just like he would. So a uh, bunch of, like, you know, just kind of follow-up from uh, the um, from the PLE. You know, Cora uh, coming on the mic for the first time, and Nikita coming getting back into the action. So, uh, you know, continuing on with the, uh, you know, the Carmelo trick uh, story, and the uh, talking about what's going on around the women's world title uh, picture. Any thoughts on the start of the show? 
Yeah, it's exciting to see multiple people kind of go for uh, Lyra to kind of start the show. Um, Cora obviously establishing herself, uh, being back uh, after the attack at at at, uh, at the PLE at Deadline. Um, obviously showing she's going for the belt uh, even more and saying she's this is going to be her time uh, to really establish herself as the main girl on NXT. Uh, but Blair is not going to let let her. Uh, have all the fun and you know she's she's gonna have her match at new year's evil um but obviously setting up some kind of tag match uh with uh nikita coming out as well and then you know carmelo gets attacked so we're still trying to figure out who's attacking all these people backstage so we might have a another another nxt anonymous but a, a male this time mm-hmm. all right so we move on to a mixed tag match with brooks jensen found henley and josh briggs versus the metaphor last legend Noam dart and oral minsa we're going to fast forward uh, a little bit, and we get Dar in control on Jensen. Overhead elbow, snap Marin to a cover, only two. Brooks with a desperate lariat. The path is clear, crawling. The tag is made, but Chikara Jackson runs interference, and the referee doesn't see it. Waves Josh back to the apron. Metaphor running hard on Jensen. Lash then takes Fallon to the floor. Tiffany Stratton comes down, throws hands with Henley. Brooks gets the tag for real now. Josh with right hands. Lighting him up. Brooks Jensen found Henley and Josh Briggs win via pinfall with a lariat from Josh Briggs on Noam Dar. And we go back to the trainer's room. The medic clears Carmelo Hayes and Trick asks if he knows who did it. Melo says he don't. You know, somebody who hit him like this before, he doesn't want to talk about it here or now. And Trick reminds him his focus is on Dragunov. Carmelo says they'll both handle their business and we go their separate ways. So, you know, I thought the you know, the mixed trios uh, match was fine. You know, I think the, uh, it's nice to give, uh, you know, Fallon and Brooks wins. I mean, uh, Briggs wins after, you know, losing uh, over there at the PLE. Um, You know, metaphor is one of those, like, you know, as long as Noam Dar is not losing the Heritage Cup, I don't think any other losses uh, matter to them. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on this match? Yeah, as long as the cup's on the line, they—I I won't say they don't care. They want to win, but uh, it's not going to be the biggest deal if they do lose. Um, Briggs obviously pins uh, Noam, so it seems like maybe Briggs will be going for the Heritage Cup, despite that not seeming like his style. Um, and so that they'll probably have a match coming up, but um, with with the you know kind of uh, not super stacked tag division anymore, I would like to see. Maybe Briggs and Jensen get a tag team push, but it seems like they may be heading towards uh, Briggs being a, more of a single star going forward. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a possibility here. Um, all right, back for commercial. We're introduced to the men's breakout tournament field consisting of a lot of guys that I had never not heard before, and I haven't watched Level Up for, for a bit. Um, uh, Trey Bearhill, Dion Lennox, Luca Crisofino, Tavian Heights, Keanu Carver, Chase Hughes, Riley Osborne. Uh, Erstad catch points, Miles Bourne, and Oba Feme. So I probably only heard of like, you know, two of these guys. Uh, a lot of these look sound like they're out of the NXT name generator as well. And then we get uh, Alexis King attacking the field from behind, smashing Trey Bearhill with a steel chair, taking him out of the tournament and taking his place. And that moves us to our first match Miles Bourne versus Oba Feme, who is really impressive in those vignettes they have from earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, no, not a long match. We get a side headlock, shot off, shoulder block. Femi is fired up. Bourne hits his 
leg and follows up with a drop kick. Drop kicks in the corner, right hands and kicks. Oba fires up, lays him out with a lariat, blocking punches and throwing his own. Dropping Bourne with another lariat, back suplex lift into a press drop. Snap scoop powerbomb from Bourne. Femme with a pop-up drop, and then he wins with a pop-up powerbomb. Uh, you know, I, it's you know, we didn't know who, whatever they've had. This is what is this now? The third year of the breakout tournament. You want to say right? Uh, it le- yeah, at least at least the third, if not the fourth. Yeah, at least third. Because I remember what I because I remember Carmelo Hayes being in the in the tournament. That's really and he wins it. So, you know, these guys, you know, could be the you know the guys in the next year or two. And I definitely thought the right guy goes over. Femme is just. A mountain of a man, and he's, he's a hoss he's, for sure. He's yeah. hoss. He's green, but he looked. I thought he looked okay in this. So, uh, any thoughts on on this this field? Uh, with the uh, obviously, these are like you know, let's gonna give you a character, and here's your new name, kind of guys. It seems like. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with Bear Hill or Lennox, which Bear Hill gets taked out, or, or uh, Keanu Carver. I think he's really new, and and Lennox, I don't think I've ever even seen one. Uh, level up. Crucifino's been involved a little bit. He's got the he's like the lawyer character or whatever. Yeah. Um, Tavion Heights is kind of the new age. Uh, uh, Angelo Dawkins. He's been in Level Up since I think Level Up started. So, oh god, uh, he's been around for a minute. Um, Femme kind of got uh, like you said, kind of got featured at the beginning of the year. Uh, Born is in uh, the the catch point group. Um, and then Riley's been obviously featured in the uh, Chase U segments over the last few weeks. So um, uh, there's about three of them that I've never really heard of. But Lexus takes Trey Burial out and takes his place. Um, but Femme looks uh, like I said, he's a like you like you said, and like I said, he's a beast and just a hoss. Um, I feel like Miles is more established, so I'm kind of surprised he lost, but. I, you can't you can't not go with Obafemi here. He's just he's such a presence, and uh, I definitely think he could be a big star for them. Yeah, it was a little surprising for a first round matchup because I would you would think Miles Bourne would win a match. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and you didn't think he was going to be Femi though. Um, mm-hmm. So we get uh, Nikia Lyons chatting with Lara backstage. Uh, you know, and then we uh, Lara discovers that. Uh, Tam Paxley has pasted a picture of her face on a picture of Becky Lynch's body from her title win. <laughs> oh boy! And we get uh, you know Tiffany an interview backstage says she's sick and tired of the piece of trash Fallon Henley. Uh, yada yada yada. And we get a uh, North American Open Challenge. Dragon Lee sets it out there, and Tyler Bate answers the call. Moving forward towards the uh, closing minutes, we get a uh, hesitation drop kick uh, on the button. Tyler catches him, airplane spin in full rotation, right hands on the follow-up, big boot from the champion, gets an elbow, rebound off the ropes for a German suplex, but bait fights, uh, pops right up, rebound, lariat connects, then we get a powerbomb, attempt reverse, Tyler driver reverse, bait kicks out, rising knee from the champ, bang, connects, rebound, duck the lariat, off the ropes, Dragon Lee wins by pinfall with Operation Dragon retaining the NXT North American Championship. Uh, any thoughts on this match? I thought it was fun back and forth. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Tyler's one of those guys, you know, he, he he doesn't put on a bad match. And I thought it was nice to uh, have Dragon Lee win over a uh, an NXT veteran here. Yeah, definitely a really good uh, match and very good first defense for him to kind of establish himself as the new champ. So, um, yeah, like you said, Bates a guy that's not going to have a bad match. And Dragon Lee seems to be kind of the same way. 
Um, he's been having great matches on SmackDown, and even when he was in NXT for uh, as a full-time guy, uh, he was having great matches. So these these guys uh, were definitely never never going to have a bad match, and it ended up being pretty great. So um, just really good stuff, ton of cool moves, um, and two guys that are just really awesome. All right. So we get uh, Briggs, Jensen, and Fallon backstage chatting about their win. Briggs wants to challenge Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup, but Brooks counsels him that he's maybe not a long-distance guy, but seeing Josh's disappointment reaction, he comes around supporting his friend's quest for the title. We got come back from commercial. We get Lexus Rick King rambling at Ava Rain in front of Shawn Michaels' door. I guess Ava's like kind of like Shawn's like assistant or something. Or yeah. I guess these days. <laughs> and he tells him not to go in there because everyone in the men's breakout tournament wants to kick his ass. Uh, you know, he's cocky about it and hits hits on her, and then she tells him he's in the tour he's in the tournament in Trey Bearhill's spot. Uh hits on her some more and she rolls her eyes at him. And we get Dijak versus Eddie Thorpe. Uh not a very uh long match. You know, Dijak ends up ramming him into the corner, right hand stab painting Thorpe into the corner so hard the top turnbuckle snaps and the top rope goes limp. Eddie's in agony. Uh, you know, Don hammers him uh, in the ribs with a loose turnbuckle, and Eddie Warp, Eddie Thorpe ends up getting the win by DQ. Post match, Dijak hits him with a turnbuckle over and over until referee swarm. He leaves briefly, but returns at a gut buster into the turnbuckle, sending Thorpe crashing to the floor in agony. This also builds on something that I I, I omitted that Eddie Thorpe interfered in the Iron Men's Iron Survivor match. To uh to cause Dijak uh, a chance at, at getting another pinfall, so that's why this feud is uh, continuing on. And we get Andre Chase presiding over a fundraising meeting where the bake sale and car wash make a few hundred bucks put together. Duke points out what a drop in the bucket that is. Chase promises he'll take care of it. Duke says he looks like shit and scripts arrives with a briefcase and a proposition, leaving Andre in thought as we go to break. All right, so uh. Any thoughts on, um, you know, what's going on with the, the whole Briggs, Jensen, Fallon situation? The, uh, you know, Alexis King getting himself into the breakout tournament and then Dijak versus uh, Eddie Thorpe. Um, yeah, like like I said earlier, Briggs and Jensen, um, obviously Briggs wants to do this singles thing. He, he had some minor success at the pay-per-view in the Iron Survivor. Um, you know, he got a couple of wins in that match, so he seems like he he feels like he has a bunch of momentum, and he got the pin in the tag match earlier, so he wants to kind of keep doing this singles thing. You know, uh, Jensen kind of seems disappointed, but he's there to support his friend at the same time, so that's good, but could lead to tension later, I feel like. Um, you know, Lexus got exactly what he wanted. He wanted to be in the, uh, in the breakout tournament, so he got exactly what he wanted. And then, uh, you know, Dijak and Eddie had another match, but it was more about Dijak getting revenge for him kind of screwing him in the uh, Iron Survivor match. So uh, I think he got that. He beat the piss out of him pretty good. So uh, there is that. And then, you know, more Chase U nonsense. Yes, <laughs> cockamamie. Um, we come back from commercial. Blair and Cora are chatting backstage, uh, you know, about I guess we're setting up for a, a tag match here. We get our next NXT men's breakout tournament first round match: Keanu Carver versus Riley Osborne. Um, uh, moving forward towards the end of the match, slingshot back in from the apron. Keanu bowls him over. Big follow slam follow shoulder blocks to the kidneys. Rear chin lock with a knee to the back. 
Riley then uh, trying to mount a comeback, pouts to the apron. Osborne receives, uh, recovers with a kick, setting him up off the top rope and wins with a shooting star press. Then we get uh, Dragon Lee walking backstage when Drew, uh, Gulak's catch point rolls up on him. Damon Kemp claims they just want a friendly conversation, and they find out that uh, Lee is going to, uh, you know, challenge, uh, accept a challenge of one of the members of the team, but he won't know who it is until next week. And then Thea Hale uh, approaches Raleigh Osborne. Uh, you know, he appreciates her cheering. She stumbles over herself. Obviously, they're doing a, a little crush romance angle here with the two of them. And um, we get Keon James and uh, JC Jane actually is in the background here, uh, kind of like helping her out. And then uh, Keanu James and Izzy uh, roll up to call Thea delusional. So... The Carver-Osborne match, I mean, it was fine. I mean, you know, Osborne looks like a little more polished than, than Carver. Uh, you know, and we're leading to a, a match, you know, with Dragon Lee next week, as well as, um, you know, we're moving on. looks like uh, at least they're getting Thea and JC a little bit away from the Chase U stuff to a degree, right, to do their own thing. So uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, the, you know, the breakout match uh, wasn't, wasn't anything too uh, impressive, I would I would say. They had, they had a couple of good moves. I, I like the pounce that Carver hit at one point, and the shooting star press that Osborne uh, hit was pretty good. So it seems like he's more of kind of a high flyer. And Keanu's almost a little too much like Obafeme. He's kind of, he's obviously smaller because uh, Obafeme, like we said, is an absolute huge monster of a man uh but they're kind of similar so uh obviously i thought riley would probably win because he's just a little different uh brings a little bit different style to the ring so i thought that one was uh pretty obvious uh who was going to win that one especially since i had never even heard of uh carver before this match so um dragon lee facing one of gulak's guys doesn't excite me too much um as Gulak's guys never seem to really win or build too much momentum in any way. Um, and then, you know, yeah, this little side story to the Chase U is much more uh, interesting than the uh, actual story with the Chase U stuff. So, yes, very um, much so. Maybe, maybe Hale, this will be the way Hale and uh, JC kind of split off a little bit. Yeah. All right, very good. So then we get uh, women's tag match, Blair Davenport and Corey Jade versus Lyra Valkyrie and Nikhil Lyons. Moving forward, we get Cora trying to drop, uh, trying to block uh, Nikita from making a tag, struggling uh, Nikita with a schoolboy for two. We get an elbow to cut her off. Uh, Lions with an up, up kick, a tag to Valkyria. Lyra in hot, kicks Fisherman suplex, and uh, Blair runs away. Off the ropes, wrecking ball, drop kick connects. The match then breaks down to everybody do something cool territory. In the back and forth, we got Davenport hitting her. Kamagoya, blind tag, and then Blair Davenport and Corey Jade win by pinfall with a lateral press from Corey Jade on Lara Valkyria. Post-match, Tatum Paxley throws Nikita Lyons out of the ring and stalks Lara into the corner, gently cradling her. Then we get uh, Hank and Tank talk backstage talk about their match against Gallus next week. Gallus then runs up, makes fun of them. Uh, we then get Trick shown walking backstage as we go to break. So, what are your, any thoughts on this uh, women's tag match? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was all right. Um, I, obviously, Jade getting the uh, pinfall on Lyra was a big deal. Um, Blair hit her move, uh, so it really was Blair's move that beat her. So, obviously, it shows that 
either lady can beat her because it was Blair's move, but uh, Corey ended up getting the pin. Um, so those two are both definitely coming for Lyra and seem that they are fully capable of uh, taking her out and taking the title from her. So um, definitely interested to see those matches as, as they go forward for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, but yeah, I thought the match was all right. Um, n- nothing too too exciting. Um, but yeah, definitely interested to see where these ladies match up later on. All right. So, uh, the, so the show closes with Trick Williams coming out, getting on the mic. He says deadline was a movement. Usually he come out here and cut up on his opponent, but not this time. And then he, uh, you know, starts talking about that. He's going to take on the, the highest, NXT, uh, the, uh, the best man taking on the highest NXT superstar under the sun. We get Dragonoff coming out. Talking about how Trick pushed to a whole new level. He's proud of him. He couldn't watch the Iron Survivor Challenge live because he's too busy preparing for his own match. But he went back and saw a Trick statue of victory from the Jaws of Defeat. He rode a wave of momentum that's barely ever been seen before. Says he has respect for his journey. But New Year's Evil comes to an end. So then we get um, you know them going back and forth a little bit. Then we get Carmelo Hayes uh, coming out. And Trick says now's not the time. But Mel has business he needs to take care of. For months, they dragged his name through the dirt, but he knows exactly who attacked Trick, and the same guy attacked him. Dragonoff tries to leave, uh, then they handle their business, but Mel tells him to stay because it was him. Dragonoff looks confused and asks him what the hell he's talking about. He says nobody gains more from separating them than Dragonoff does. He says he knew he was arrogant, but delusional too. He doesn't know what kind of boogeyman Mel was creating, but he didn't attack him, if indeed he was attacked. Leo then asked Trick to look him in his eyes man-to-man to to see that he didn't attack him. Hey, says, too late for all that. Trick says that, uh, tells him that he thinks he's got his point across. Carmelo says, Dragunov needs to have something taken from him so that he can feel like they do. They do a tug-of-war over the belt. He yanks the belt, and it goes into Trick's face, and that's how we close the show. So, uh, any thoughts on the uh, close here with uh, these three guys and the continuing uh, Trick-Melo saga? Yeah, every time you think Trick and Mello are back on the same page, they throw that little uh, kink in it to show you that maybe he is the guy that attacked him after all. So um, just a bunch of you know doubt thrown in, all thrown in there. Um, he obviously tries to point the finger at Ilya after we know that uh, Lexus wasn't the guy that did it after he said that at deadline. So um, definitely seems like it's going to end up being Mello out of some jealousy that maybe Trick was getting more over than he was, but um, I think we'll definitely know by New Year's Evil, or by the end of New Year's Evil, either, you know, Mello will cost him or something something else will happen, so uh, we'll see when that comes around. Alright, all right. on to the final show we'll be talking about on this one. I know, thank you all for sticking with us. We're trying to uh, to con- get these a little more concise, but there's a lot to talk about, a lot happening in these uh, these last uh, six weeks that we want to cover, and we don't want to give any of them short shrift. So the show uh, from last night, as of this recording, uh, from December 19th, we get opened up with Fallon Henley versus Tiffany Stratton. We get a kind of a short match with Tiffany taking control with a couple of big hammer whips, training forms, but out of nowhere, uh, t- uh, Fallon hits a schoolgirl pin and uh, wins by pinfall. The real story is the post-match where, where Tiffany takes her to the floor, smashes her face into the announce table a few times, brawling to the brack, and then Tiffany lays her out dumping uh, garbage all over her. And we get, uh, you know, Mello and, and, and Trick talking in the uh, locker room. 
Uh, Hayes wants to apologize for the week before after after like cracking Trick over the head with a title, but Trick tells him he's good. Accidents happen. So uh, you know, Hayes admits he does he didn't, but he does doubles down on now. It has to be Dragon off, and it pitches Trick on making a triple threat New Year's Evil. Of course, Trip, Trick is skeptical, saying that the uh, Iron Survivor he won the Iron Survivor so he can get a title shot, and Carmelo plays off like he was just thinking like, hey, it doesn't matter which one of them wins the title. So uh, you know. That's an interesting uh, wrinkle here now with uh, with Mel wanting to uh, put himself in, which is kind of the opposite of what we were getting, you know, not long ago with Trick ins- wanting to insert himself into stuff. So kind of a uh, interesting storytelling there. So any thoughts on the opening of the show with the uh, the short found Henley uh, Tiffany Stratton match or this uh, interaction between Mello and Trick? Yeah, I definitely thought the uh, opening match was interesting. Obviously, like you said, it didn't go very long, but it was more about the uh, attack afterwards. You know, she slaps her with the the wet mop, the nasty mop water all over, and like you said, she dumps the trash all over. So, um, this is obviously going to continue, and we'll probably get another another match with them. Hopefully, some kind of stipulation, some kind of hardcore, you know, weapons kind of match. Uh, so, we'll get a little bit more of a brawl between them two. Something to be excited about. Um, and then, yeah, just more head games with Trick and Carmelo. Carmelo trying to get himself added back to the picture, uh, so maybe he can get his belt back while also maybe kind of screwing Trick out of his uh, opportunity. And Trick kind of sees through that, but he also uh, he's also thinks, uh, and it seems like Carmelo's trying to do it so he doesn't get taken advantage of. So, um, But, yeah, Carmelo's obviously trying to get his – his belt back, but uh, he he want, he's acting like he wants to help Trick uh, establish himself as well. All right. So then we move on to Dragon on making his entrance, gets on the mic, talks about he doesn't know how he got caught up in the Trick Mella saga. It's out, it's feels like the third wheel in a bad romance movie. He didn't have that on his 2023 bingo card. But uh, then we get, um, uh, says he's going to defeat the fastest rising star. But then we get Ridge Holland coming out through the crowd with no music. So he's not here to cause problems. He's been struggling for the last few weeks. He needs to figure out who he is and where he's going. So he's here back in NXT. Ilya welcomes him back. And ultimately, it leads to a, a match between the two for later in the night. Alexis King then cuts a quick promo while he's walking backstage about how he's taking his first steps to be champion. Then we get uh, a confrontation between Trick and Dragunov over the match with Rich Holland. Ilya says he's just giving Rich a chance to find out and reminds... Uh, Trick that he's the champion. The champion dictate what the challenger does. Williams says he's going to win the title. And we move on to our, our next match in the men's tra- breakout tournament. And it was Lexus King versus Dion Lennox. Uh, King in control early, striking the corner. Big knee and overhead elbows. Whip across. Kitchen sink puts Lennox on his back. Dion fires up. Shoulder blocks. A drop kick. Stinger splash. Sets up the bridging northern leg suplex. Then Lexus tries to take a walk. Lennox then brings him back into the ring. At ringside, uh, it smashes his face in the apron. Back inside, King posts him, straight jacket, and Lexus King wins via pinfall with the coronation, which you knew if Lexus King is going to be in this, he's going to at least make it to the finals, I think. Uh, so what do you think of, uh, you know, Ridge returning to NXT out of nowhere to challenge Dragunov and this uh, match in the breakout tournament? Yeah, Ridge, you know, is he walked out on Butch in a tag team match on SmackDown a f- I think a few weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, um, he had walked out on him. So obviously they were going to do something different with him. 
I didn't really expect to see him show back up here as kind of a singles guy, so definitely interesting. Uh, says he kind of wants to rewrite his story. You know, he's become known as kind of a guy that hurts people. Uh, he hurt Big E, and he is uh, he hurt uh, Elton Prince in uh, Pretty Deadly uh, in a tag match earlier this year. So he kind of wants to rewrite his story, maybe reestablish himself in NXT, and eventually build to himself versus Dragunov for a title match. Um, but, you know, uh, Dragunov kind of want to exp- expedite that and have a match tonight. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some interesting thoughts on that one. Um, but you know, Lexus King gets himself inserted into the, uh, into the breakout tournament and gets the win here. Um, I thought Lennox looked super athletic. I'd like some of his, uh, as dropkick and some of the moves that he did. Seems like he's really good athlete, at least. Uh, he seems like a guy that probably could be a star in the future. Uh, once he kind of puts, puts more things together. Um, but you know, like King wasn't ever going to lose here. Um, uh, you know, I saw a lot of people compare Lennox to uh, Jason Jordan. He does look uh, very Jason Jordan-ish for sure. So uh, I thought that was a pretty apt comparison. And then, you know, the the backstage segment with Ilya and Trick. Uh, you know, Ilya saying, "Hey, I'm the champion. I get to, I get to say what I do, not what not what my challenger wants me to do." So good little segment with him mm-hmm. as well. We also had a uh, post match run in. With Trey Bearhill coming ringside with a chair to threaten him for entering and out of the tournament, but Lexus uh, runs away. Yeah, I, it was it was he the he was the guy with the uh, the glasses, right? Uh, yeah, Lennox. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, who who's he think he is? Like Clark Kent, and then he takes <laughs> off the glasses. He's Superman in the match. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, they're all fighting their way. I mean, look, you yeah. look at like what Duke Hudson was doing in the beginning with the with the Fakakta poker player, mm-hmm. and what some of the other you know how bad you know how kind of like overly exaggerate like you know we had a mob guy we had a school guy you know and now they're kind of like working in their own so uh you know we're going to give these guys some time to uh to find their way mm-hmm. so then we get a promo for eddie thorpe challenging dijack to a nxt underground match so that's that's the thing that's not going away um <laughs> then we get a, a tag match we got chase Hugh, jc jane and thea hale versus izzy dame and kiana james um Moving uh, uh, forward into the match a bit, we have a senton, a springboard senton fired up. Uh, you know, Thea, uh, you know, drawing her up, double thrust to the throat from James, cuts her off. We get a scoop lift, block the slam, t- tag me blind. Hale locks in the double wrist lock, but Kiana is illegal. Izzy comes in and hits a running knee on Thea, and they get the pin. Backstage, Ariana Gray says Izzy and Kiana make a great team. Roxanne Perez says she's not with them yet. Uh, and Grace tries to give her a pep talk about sportsmanship, but Perez slaps her across the face. So, uh, any thoughts on this uh, this tag match? And and the, first of all, the return of Underground. Maybe that's like a new version of a a feud ender, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get uh, you know this women's tag match, and and uh, Roxanne, you know, starting to show a little bit of a uh, a uh, kind of a darker side, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the underground match seems to kind of, it seems like it's going to be like Thorpe's uh, specialty match that kind of ends all of his rivalries because that's how him and Kemp uh, ended their rivalry. So, um, but yeah, hopefully that'll be like the final stand of him and Dijak versus each other. Um, The tag match wasn't anything special. Uh, It was really just to establish the new alliance between Kiana and Izzy. 
showing that they're going to be a, a new alliance and a dominant alliance going forward. And yeah, it was good to see Roxanne show kind of like maybe a little bit uh, of a darker side uh, for sure to kind of, you know, you know, maybe she maybe she has a short little heel run before she goes to the uh, or that she could possibly have a short little heel run before she goes to the main roster. So definitely interesting. All right. So then we get, uh, you know, Chase U playing dice with OTM. Trying to relieve their debt. This was ridiculous. He goes on a winning run, but Scripps has to tell him to quit while he's ahead. And Andre responds with double or what I walked in with. And then, or a tag team challenge for next week. Scripps is down, but he wants a title match when they lose. Chase agrees. Then we get uh, Adriana coming in and uh, to tattle on him to Tony for writing checks he can't cash. Dragon Lee makes his entrance, gets in the ring with the no quarter catch crew to find out who his opponent will be. It's going to be Charlie Dempsey. Then Gallus makes their entrance and Joe Coffey forces his way in the match. We have a three-way t- uh, match here for the NXT North American Championship. Charlie Dempsey versus Dragon Lee versus Joe Coffey. Uh, fast forward towards uh, later on in the match with Dragon Lee lining Joe up. Pop-up Haymaker counters. Battering Ram forearm puts the champion into Dempsey. Cover for two. A knee gets a near fall on Coffey to the floor. Joe dives on him, and all three men are down with Joe Gacy looking at them from under the ring. Back inside, uh, Gacy pulls Coffee under the ring. Then we get a corner super kick from Dragon Lee, charging in, counter with a bridging fallaway slam. Jervis suplex, Dragon lands on his feet off the ropes, and then he hits Operation Dragon on Charlie Dempsey to have a pin and retain his North American championship. So, um, you know, continuing on with this ridiculousness with Chase U, and uh, we get ourselves a imp- kind of a you know an un- unadvertised uh, three way, which wasn't terrible, it wasn't bad, uh, but you know, I think it was a lot of more um, you know character stuff than than match, uh, more than about the match. I think. So, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, the dice game was absolutely absurd, um, just ridiculous. Um, the, <laughs> there's no telling what they'll do next, uh, on next week on the show, uh, with, with that. So, um, just absurd stuff, uh, with that one. I, and, you know, the NXT North American championship, uh, three way was, uh, absolutely, uh, really good. Um, I, I thought it was really good. Dragon Lee continues to take on all comers. It's good to show that he's kind of following in the ways of, uh, Wes, uh, where he would take on anybody at any time. Um, and I thought they put together some good moves. I uh, had, had a pretty entertaining fast-paced match, so um, I enjoyed it pretty good. All right. So we get uh, Cora Jade uh, rolling up uh, and saying that, uh, you know, rolls up in women's locker room, reassures her that their savior is back, and she reclaims her locker from Carmen Petrovic. She then leaves, and Carmen rolls up to be mad about it. Gigi tells her there's only one way to deal with Cora. Then we move on to the next NXT men's breakout tournament first round matchup. Luca Crucifino versus Tavion Heights. Um, so we end up getting uh, Tavion with a slam, blocking punches, throwing his own whiff across. Huge overhead belly-to-belly suplex. German suplex, catch a kicks, uh, capture suplex. And then uh, Tavion Heights wins via pinfall with a pretty sweet belly-to-belly suplex. Um, we get a video package for Blair Davenport. Nikki Alliance rolls up on Lyra backstage talking about, uh, you know, uh, she had uh, no problem with Tatum Paxley until she got cr- creepy. She'll take care of that problem, but Lyra needs to remember that she came back not just for Blair, to take the Blair Davenport out, but to uh, win the title. So, um, you know, the 
Cora stuff, I think, is fine. You know, getting her back into the mix. Yeah. The, the the match, you know, was was short, but I thought, uh, you know, Luca looked okay. Tavian Heights, you know, has some nice explosiveness, and I think the right guy went over in that match. And then we continue on with the uh, the women's drama here. So, any thoughts on this part of the show? Yeah, I thought Tavian looked pretty impressive. Uh, Luca's kind of here or there. He seems like he'll be kind of maybe the new. Or, or a a different version of maybe Big Body Javi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he might be that he might be that guy that gets a, a lot of losses uh, to the, kind of the up and coming faces of the of the of the brand. Um, and then you know uh, Cora, yeah, like you said, it's good to see her get reestablished, kind of have a match with somebody that she can probably beat pretty handily um, in a singles match. Um, and then Nikita obviously showing that she really wants to get some revenge on Blair for taking her out, but she also uh, has her eyes on the prize as well. All right. So uh, Noam Dar uh, tells Josh Briggs he has a Christmas miracle coming because he will, in fact, be defending the title against him. And then leads on to a Nikita Lions versus Tam Paxley match. Uh, Paxley crawling Lions with the splits right in front of her. Action to the floor. Tam sidesteps. Nikita hand. Right into the steel steps, back inside, kicking the hand, grinding into the ropes with her boot, dropping a knee on it, elbow drop, cover for two. Lion with strikes in the corner, big right hand, and then hits the uh, split leg drop for the pin. And actually, uh, Tatum gets uh, busted open and is kind of like rubbing the blood in the, the feather of from Myra Valkyria. <laughs> then we get, uh, you know, uh, Henley uh, backstage, found Henley all pissed off, saying Tiffany Stratton doesn't know hard work when she's not when she's not done and when she's done with her she'll uh, figure it out Jensen then hypes Brig up against about his heritage cup match but when Brooks tries to tell say he and Fallon will be at ringside to equalize metaphor Josh tells him he needs to do this alone Jensen asks why Briggs has trouble explaining but asks him to trust him and Brooks agrees and we end up we go to Gallus Mark Coffey and Wolfgang versus Hank and Tank Fast forwarding into the match a little bit, off the ropes, flying backsplash to uh, Walker. Headlock takeover in the middle of the ring, shot off blind tag. Wolfgang trips him up. Coffee blasts Hank to the floor, and Gallus are in control. Armbar and Walker reaching for the tag, but Wolfgang keeps him isolated, and Gallus work him over with quick tags. Pounce from Hank reaching for the tag. Gallus keeps him isolated, and Gallus wins by pinfall with uh, with their finisher on Hank Walker. Post match, we see Joe Gacy watching from the crowd so uh what are your thoughts on nikita's first uh, singles match back and this tag match we had um she's definitely trying to get her legs back under i feel like it, it was kind of clunky at points but I, I think she hit some good stuff she had some good strikes throughout the match but um i definitely think it was a little botchy at points um but like i said she's just coming back from her injury trying to get her uh you know ring legs back under her. so um i had to fully est- expect her to you know really establish herself in this next year um you know uh, fallon being pissed about uh tiffany taking advantage of her earlier was uh good to see uh, obviously they're not done with each other um briggs gets his heritage cup match so that'll be interesting to see him and know him in that in that scenario um but you know it, it, you know jensen seems to want to help him but he doesn't really want it so it continues to seem like there may be uh, some tension or uh, eventual tension coming in that relationship. So we'll see where it goes. Then Hank and Tank versus Gallus. Uh, I think it's just to kind of reestablish Gallus. They haven't won much lately. So maybe just to give them a win um, over a kind of a big, bigger team. 
Um, so uh, nothing too exciting with that one, but kind of just to reestablish Gallus. All right. So then we get, uh, you know, Dijak cuts a promo, accepting a Thorpe's challenge for next week. We get, uh, you know, Ridge and Dragunov walking backstage, and it's to break. And we get Tiffany cutting a promo on Fallon Henley as to how she's born a servant and doesn't even belong in the same world as her. And we move on to our main event, Ilya Dragunov versus Ridge Holland. Uh, forwarded towards the end of this match with uh, elbow stripes countering. Um, actually, uh, you know, Ridge hits the beats of the Bodrin, sets up Dragunov, but he slips away and hammers him with overhead elbows. Then the elbow strike counters. Alabama slam countered. Ilya hits the H-bomb, back by drop from Ridge. Inziguri gets a boot, cover for two. Holland dumps Ilya on his neck. Referee Daryl Sharma checks on the champion, clutching his shoulder and seemingly unable to move his arm. Trainers arrive. Referees talk to Holland as he clutches his head, and the match goes to no contest, and Ilya is stretched out. And that's how we close the show. Yeah. Um... You know, this was a this show was pre-taped, so we had uh, heard about that this happened, and we were all hoping it was going to be storyline. It, it appears it is because I don't think he hit that. You know, you know, we all know Ridge's history. You mentioned it before, but this was definitely a, a storyline thing. Whether we agree with the uh, the direction the storyline is going in, I don't know. And why why are they doing it? Uh, uh, it definitely. You can definitely see uh, him selling, kind of like Edge would sell, you know, with that 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 shaking. <laughs> I think dragging off. I was I was getting flashbacks to that. Chad Campbell's favorite. <laughs> yes, you know, not new and that stuff there. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I, I know you were not happy about this uh, ending. So why don't you give your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's just, I, it, I, I just don't think it helps anybody. Like Ridge you know, obviously has hurt people in the past. So giving him the character of the guy that continues to hurt people uh, is just, it doesn't make him seem like he's any less dangerous of a worker. Uh, it's not going to get him over. I mean, I, I mean, I guess his character could eventually become that he's just a bastard and he hurts people on purpose. Uh, I guess that could be something, but just this, this isn't the way to do it. And I can, get with like faking a leg injury or faking an arm injury but it was just like when Danielson fought uh Okada in AEW last or this earlier this year he faked the seizure and I just like you know like that's real life shit like he was really dealing with that when he was in WWE when he retired the first time so like like that's not that's not funny that's not cool like and when you're dealing with like neck injuries and stuff like that like that could paralyze somebody like i don't know it, it, it like i know it's not real i know it's fake and all that kind of stuff but like when you're playing with stuff like that it's just uh, that's a step too far for me and i just i i it's probably taking it too seriously but it just it just made me mad and you yeah. know if I'm Big E, who actually got hurt by this guy and actually broke my neck, and they didn't like contact me to okay this, I would be pretty pissed if I was him. So that's just my thoughts. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. I, 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 I didn't love it. I was glad it was a storyline. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if, obviously, if, if, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing where one positive we take about it, it's a storyline. So Dragunov is not legit hurt. Uh, yeah. Don't know where they're gonna go here. Definitely, it's gonna build off of uh you know trick uh you know being not happy that he accepted this match so could add another wrinkle but you know definitely looking forward to seeing uh you know, what we have i don't think uh the next episode will i think it'll probably be like a, a year in review show 
considering yeah. it's the day after Christmas, and I think they they're done. Uh, you know, I think as of yesterday, I think uh, WWE superstars are off. I believe until SmackDown next week. Yeah, I think uh, I think as of Raw, they were off until after Raw next week. But like you said, this will probably be a you know like a year in review kind of show mm-hmm. next week. All right. Yeah. So we, you know, great year for us. I think we had a lot of fun here. We talked about a lot of uh, things and um, I definitely have enjoyed. So before we go, uh, you know, with the new year coming, we're going to make just a couple of uh, uh, predictions and, and, and just not, nothing too crazy, though. Uh, basically, let's let's just say by this time next year. So by the end of 2024, let's between the two of us come up with five men and five women who will be on the main roster. So uh, you want to start with the uh, the women, start with the women. Obviously, Tiffany Stratton, right? You want to agree on that one? Yeah, I think she honestly could be in the Rumble and be up after that, so mm-hmm. for sure. All right. Uh, what about, you got another one? Uh, I, I'd say Roxanne's probably on the main roster by the end of next year. Okay. For sure. Um, I think uh, Gigi. Dolan, I think uh, I don't know how much more there is for her to do down there. I don't see her being a singles champion. Could they possibly bring JC up and and make them toxic trash again? You know, who knows? But uh, I definitely think Gigi is is kind of been there a long time, and I think she's uh she's she's I think she'll be okay on the main roster. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll she'll be a player for sure. I don't know that she'll ever be like you know, champion level. Uh, but she could be a good piece for the roster yeah. for sure. Um, I'm going to go JC. I think she, I, I honestly think they may do that, reform them on the main roster. Cause uh, I think that would just be a natural thing for them. I think they were really good as a team. So it could be good to see them back together. And uh, I think I've even heard that they may be reaching out to uh, Mandy to come back. So maybe they'll reform the whole group uh, on the main roster. So, um, but yeah, JC's one that I think might definitely show up on the main roster in the next year. Depending on how she progresses coming off this injury, I think Nikita could end up on the main roster by the next year. I think she's probably the most agile, bigger girl that they have on the mm-hmm. on the whole roster. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see, you know, Piper Piper can move for a, a big girl. And Naya's, you know, Naya <laughs> is a <laughs> Naya. No, well, no, it is. Kind of, Naya's kind of like doing her things. Like she's a heat magnet. Yeah. So she's playing that part right now. Like I don't think Nia will ever be a face again. I think I think Nia is just gonna is a heel for life, basically. 100%. But um, you know, any any others that we may not have? Uh, any dark horses? You think? I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the title picture. Um, I think Cora eventually wins the title, so maybe Lyra goes up, but maybe Cora never does win the championship, and maybe Cora goes up. So. Depending on how that kind of goes, I could see one of those two going up after the after they're kind of done with the title. All right. What about the men? Uh, Braun, for sure. Yeah. I think he's up by Rumble, for without a doubt. Uh, Mello definitely will be up. Yeah, I think Mello probably stays through Mania just because I think they're going to do something with him and Trick. So uh, I think he's probably a post-Mania kind of call-up. But, yeah, he, he'll definitely be up there. What about uh, Ilya? Uh, yeah, Ilya, whenever he loses the belt, I assume he'll probably be on the main roster going for uh, old Gunther. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. After that, uh, it gets a little more foggy, right? Yeah. I, I mean, 
I could see I could see like a Gallus going up, uh, you know, just because I don't really know what they have left to do in NXT. Really, they've kind of won the tag titles, been kind of an established faction for a little bit. So I could see them kind of going up and being another group or another kind of team. a rumor. There was a rumor at one point of them uh, kind of being like uh, with Drew. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, I that, mean, that they could they could form a badass Scottish faction between. Gallus, Drew, and then you could throw Piper, Nikki, uh, mm-hmm. Ela, and Alva in there, and they would just be mm-hmm. messing people up. <laughs> yeah, they could have a whole whole bunch of Scots, uh, a whole bunch of Scots sure. running around and just kicking people's asses. <laughs> uh, sorry, Callum, if I butchered your. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, Danny, sorry about that, buddy. Uh, I'm, anyway, um, I'm kind no, of, and uh, you I'm know, kind of afraid of them getting rid of any teams, though. Uh, they just—I I feel like they need to really reestablish that uh, tag division before they get rid yeah. of everybody. I mean, Tyler Bate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be a guy up there. I'm not sure. You know, I think he'd be over. Um, yeah. Um, you know, any any uh, any bold predictions? Uh, anything we could see or it could happen that you may not, you know, uh, expect? I mean. I, I, nothing's really coming to mind right now. I mean, I don't know how bold it is, but I think Trick will probably be NXT champion before too long. Um, I think, I think West. I mean, West probably won't be back until like September at earliest, and then probably maybe even December at latest. But I think he'll be in the NXT title picture when he comes back. So um, I think he could possibly be a champion towards the end of the year if he comes back. You know on the earlier side of things. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing really comes to mind. Cause I just think they're in a real transition period right now. Yeah. Like, like we could kind of talk throughout, like they're trying to kind of phase out some of the guys that are upper high on the card that kind of deserved that bigger, uh, opportunity on SmackDown and raw. So it's a real transition period right now. I think they're really trying to establish themselves. I think they're doing a good job in, in some spots, but, um, I think it's definitely an interesting time for them, as a, as I think, like I said, it's you know they're phasing some guys out and they're trying to re, they're trying to establish uh, some kind of newer guys. So yeah, it's kind of like so, the seniors are graduating. That's what it yeah. kind of feels like, and then the, the new class is coming in. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the football team uh, of the seniors is like yeah. really good, won the state championship, and now the new guys are going to have to establish themselves the next season. Yeah, definitely, definitely an exciting time. Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, um, I don't think we're, I don't, we, we may try to get a show in before the rumble and maybe make some predictions on any NXT people going into the rumble. We're going to try make no promises, but definitely a fun year and really look forward to it. And that's what we love. Cause you know what? We're, what we're talking about now, uh, everybody, we're not going to, a lot of them we could not, we might not be talking about in six months, and we could be talking about people we know we don't even know. So that's the beauty exactly. of it. It's it's <laughs> never it's never really stale. It keeps fresh and and it's always fun. And it's always fun doing this podcast with you, Logan. So thank you again for another great year. This is, uh, you know, not we have not stuck to our original plan of monthly, but this is our twelfth episode. So you could say we've done a year's worth of podcasts on this on this episode on the series. There you go. All right. <laughs> So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to, you know, wish a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody out there as part of PlayStation Nation, PlayStation Nation Wrestling, uh, my main home on, on PlayStation Nation Pop Experience and North South Connection. Uh, Logan, you have anything to uh, say before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, just to pl- 
promote a couple of shows, uh, linking up Luchas on North South Connection, going through Lucha Underground. Uh, I do that with Shift, Sean, uh, Jenny, and Jake. So just check that out. Uh, talking about a ton of fun matches on that. Highway to the Impact Zone we just did uh, the No Surrender 06 pod where they announced that uh, Kurt Angle will be joining the TNA roster. So definitely a exciting show we just watched. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, Sean's uh, density on that episode. Yeah. Uh, you have to listen to know what that means. Uh, but um, uh, And then uh, Talking Docs is another show I do on North-South Connection, uh, talking about documentaries with Jenny and Roger. So check all those out. All right. yeah, yeah, check out all my stuff on the Pop Experience. Uh, go to the Facebook uh, group, Place to Be. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Check out everybody's Instas, Facebooks, Twitters, what have you, placebenation.com. All the podcasts from all the uh, the feeds are up there, plus a, a few fun articles uh, sprinkled in there. And yeah, just uh, you know, continue to support us, and, and thank you for everybody who listens and downloads every one of our shows. Goes on to YouTube and checks out, you know, all the PlayStation Wrestling shows are up there. Uh, you know, audio, no video, but you can access them on YouTube. And North South Connection has a very vibrant and growing YouTube channel, so please go. And check all of those out because Logan and I make uh, appearances on there from time to time. Logan may be a little more often than I do, but it's definitely a lot of fun. And it's great to be asked, so I do appreciate uh, being up there. Okay, so thank you everybody for tuning in for this episode of Who's Next. And we will see you next year, uh, maybe before the Rumble. If not, we'll see you right after. So uh, take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>